have to stick together, the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. My name is Nobody, and I'm joined by the most wanted criminal on Etheria. It's Vivian. How are you today, Vivian? Uh, you know, I guess all things considered, pretty alright. Not, nothing, like, entirely crazy has really gone on besides the stuff I mentioned at my job today, uh, to you earlier. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, like, really not a whole lot going on. It's At this point, it's, like, really just waiting until, I guess, Monday when I have to train up a new person to ideally at one point be able to actually properly take over the mail process and not fuck it up like my previous coworker did for two months straight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've, been, yeah. we've been somehow finding more stuff that she got wrong and that is causing problems for us still, and it's already been a week and a half since she left the job. So how yeah. like every single coworker you've told us about has I've just been, been the, the worst, absolute yes. worst. How do you do that? I don't know. <laughs> my my fucking kingdom for a useful, decent coworker, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm fucking cursed apparently. I don't know. <laughs> At this point I don't even think you need a coworker, you just need a minion. <laughs> uh, are we talking actual minion or the one that's we'll say banana? I was thinking hench person, but whatever you want, I mean. Uh, I feel like a banana minion would be even less helpful, but if that's what you think would do the, the job. If banana minion at least would make me laugh occasionally, not often, but rarely, but still maybe happen once in the blue moon, then that would still at least be more useful than the cur- than the crop of coworkers I've had recently. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on there. Uh, yeah, not not a whole lot else, really. It's like, not much else is really going on in my life at the moment, I guess. Uh, I, I kind of re- had to restart Fire Emblem, <laughs> if we want to go back to that. Oh, no. Uh, so, okay, so in that, in my defense, that's because uh, I realized that if you lower the difficulty down to normal in that game, you just get infinite rewinds, at which point it's not really any bit of a challenge, even, like, I mean, because I play on the classic mode, which is the permadeath mode, and it's like, well, if I have enough rewinds, I can just basically keep smacking my head against the wall of this puzzle of all these enemies are here, how do I deal with them, and make sure they don't just gang up on this one person and murder them immediately. Right. So it's like, well, this isn't, like, as interesting if it's just that easy. So, like, basically with this, I was like, okay, well, I guess... Uh, well, the game lets you only lower the difficulty. It doesn't let you increase the difficulty. So once you go there, that's that's it. You're done. So <laughs> I realized it's like, oh, okay. I guess. It, to be fair, it doesn't take too long to get back there because, like, again, like I said, like this game doesn't have like the like persona calendar like Three Houses did. And if you yeah. like turn off all combat animations and just skip the cutscenes, because again, it's like. I, I've seen the story so far already before. I, I know Bad Dragon, let's go. Yeah, uh-huh, sure. Uh, so basically that. And also, like, I realized, oh, yeah, there's, like, certain characters I probably shouldn't put in as much investment in because, like, I think part of what was going on also earlier is, like, 
I mentioned that like the uh, optional fights you can get into on the world map were like level like 11 guys and they would have like a level 14 and my party was like six to nine or so. Yeah. And I think it's just because I was like trying to just level up everybody and I realized like, okay, I should basically just not at all bother with like the first three characters the game gives to you because you get <laughs> way better you get like a way better mage four chapters in and a way better healer in an optional quest you can do that you can recruit. And also like right. the other guy is just like I think Fire Emblem does a lot, at least in like the older games. It didn't do it three houses because every character was basically like a basic default class where you could customize them from there but they always give you like a character that's essentially already level 11 because like once you get to level 10 you can do like class chain stuff so they always give you like a right. paladin guy because it's like all right this is like the hand holdy character that you can like lean on if you want but they also barely gain any xp because they're level 11 fighting level one in a sense guys so it's like yeah he bends that guy immediately it was it was frederick in awakening and now it's like Vander in this, which I always just can't not think of uh, Vander from Arcane as a result, but it's like it's a different guy entirely. <laughs> this guy is like way not as like fun going as Vander in Arcane is at times. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so yeah, I was like, all right, well, let me do that. I'm back to where I was before. Well, technically one chapter behind because like I just did the chapter seven fight two nights ago i think oh no i just did the chapter eight fight yesterday right uh, chapter nine is like the snowfield fight that i was thinking of that that's where i was at when i realized oh you just have infinite rewinds oh whoops <laughs> so i'm basically back to where i was the characters that i've actually like should focus on are at higher levels in general uh it's kind of like a thing that in this game i'm, I'm trying to remember how it was in awakening just because it's been ages since awakening like literally a decade but in this right. game, it's basically, like, the game doesn't exactly punish you for using any characters that you want, but, like, the main characters that actually, like, show up in multiple cutscenes and multiple chapters definitely are better than the regular characters. Because, like, usually, like, when new characters join you in this, it's like, oh, I'm a prince, here's my two attendants. And it's like, well, you get, a, you get like, another, like, prince character who's also a sniper compared to, like, that first Prince's, like, sniper attendant, and it's like, well, I'm sorry, FTA, but, like, your personal skill just sucks compared to this other guy. And also, huh. he, like, all, all the, like, the characters that basically start as, like, Lord classes in this game, of which there's, like, so far, I think I have, like, four, maybe five of them that have that. They all have a specific, like, exclusive promoted class that gives them really good skills that the other characters just don't have <laughs> access to. And, like, yeah, like, uh... The main character Lear is that too, because like nobody else gets access to the Dragon Child and later defined Dragon classes. It's only them, so it's like, well, you can use these characters where it's like this guy's personal ability is he gets I think like plus two strength if he's near two women on the part on your side. So it's like I guess he's like let's go lesbians, but it's like at the same <laughs> time, he's like the Iron Wall character who's just like really tanky and physical attacks and it's like you're not you're not really going to be assured that he's going to have two female characters around him because you're using him to basically create bottlenecks where the characters <laughs> are behind them and it's like you can't be guaranteed that that's going to work but yeah I don't know it's uh it continues to be Fire Emblem <laughs> I will say but I'm not going to get I'm not going to talk about it for 25 minutes like last time <laughs> fair enough yeah yeah. yeah that's really all that's been going on but Again, doesn't take too long to get that back to that point if you have to restart. <laughs> I, to be fair, I also had to restart Awakening back when I first played Awakening because uh, I missed a character. Because, like, 
in this one, it's also, like, you know, there's occasionally, like, characters on the map that I don't know if you necessarily have to talk to them, but, like, it's a thing older Fireman characters uh, games did where, like, if there's, like, a recruitable character, you have to talk to them with, like, the main character, and they'll join you then. And yeah. there's only been, like, maybe three occasions in the game so far where it's, like, you can talk to them, and I think they would join anyway, but I didn't know for certain, so I just didn't risk it, so I just had the main character talk to them anyway. Right. But in Awakening, there were multiple characters that you had to talk to with either Robin or uh, Crom. I think maybe a few of Lucina in, like, part two of that game. But I was, like, right at the point where I was about to get to part two of having Lucina join that game. And I saw people talking about, like, an armored guy with a spear, and I'm like, wait, what armored guy with a spear? I don't have him. And then I realized I missed the guy that you could talk to in chapter three <laughs> of the game. And it was very funny to me in retrospect. It was, like, annoying to me, but it's like, well, that character's whole thing is that he's like, oh, nobody ever actually, re like, remembers me or realizes I'm around and stuff. And it's like, well, <laughs> I guess this was accurate that I forgot you, guy, because I didn't get you. <laughs> Whoops. That'll do it. Yeah, yeah. So, so then I re <laughs> replayed half that fucking game to get that guy and then never used him anyway. <laughs> but it's because they all have supports. And it's like... Oh, I guess actually also, and I'm realizing it in Awakening, you had that the characters on the field to build up supports at all. There was no, like, extra stuff that you could do, like, hanging around, like, a base or anything to level them up to be able to do their support scenes with each other. So, yeah, that guy did jack shit. <laughs> it was... Probably didn't have to rewind just to fight to have that guy in the party, especially because, like, in Awakening, the child unit characters from the future were dependent upon... Like the mothers, rather. So I, I, I feel like I didn't even recruit all the child character units anyway. Only like they give Lucina to you, and I went and got uh, Robin always as a child, regardless of Robin's gender. So it's like I only got those two just to have Lucina and uh, Morgan hang out together, and I didn't get any other child units. So it's like really super didn't matter that I think that I went back and got that knight <laughs> since I didn't use him enough to have him partner up with somebody to have a future child anyway. So it didn't matter. Well, okay. Yeah. Like I said, Fire Emblem. Awakening, awakening your faith, get into some weird shit at times, because it's like, well, if you partner this pe these two people up, then their character, then their kid can get access to a class that gives them Gale Force, which is, like, the most powerful ability because it lets them go again if they kill a character in combat. There's a whole entire, like, awkward zombie comic about, like, no, you need to be with this character, and it's like, why? So that her daughter can get Gale Force. It's a big thing. <laughs> Don't... Fire Emblem you don't think is bad. Don't bother with that shit if you're going to play... Well, you shouldn't play Fates anyway, because you can do an incest. But, like, yeah, if you, if you want to go back and play Awakening anybody, don't don't care about that shit. It's, that game's easy enough as is. You don't need to do eugenics to get the ideal kids. Yeah, I feel like applying Pokemon breeding mechanics to a game yeah, where humans are characters yeah, is a problem. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's already kind of fucked up when you really think about it hard in Pokemon, because, like, Pokemon are sentient beings as well. But it's different. Uh, it's kind of different when it's like it's kind of different when it's cute little like critters that can shoot lightning out of their face as opposed to actual people. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I don't think the Pokemon in the games are as sentient in the ones in the show. That, like, that's, I think they're a that's lot more also, in the game. That is also fair because like I feel like again like. I mean, we never get any real context in the Pokemon games that Pokemon actually do say their names. Like, that's an anime thing that then got brought into the games with Yellow, and then, you know, ever since, like... Does Pikachu still... There's only Pikachu, yeah, yes. Well, it's Eevee now as well in Let's Go Eevee, but, like, Eevee went back to just doing a normal cry ever since, like, Gen 8. 
Does Pikachu still say Pika, Pika when he's like in battle in Gen 8? Uh, definitely not, no. Okay, then I guess they just... I mean, I don't know about 8, but Cause, he doesn't cause I know Because sure. they definitely had him say Pika in Gen 6, because he did an X and Y. And then they obviously kept that, along with having Eevee say uh, Weevee or whatever <laughs> Eevee's <laughs> sound is nowadays, I guess, in Let's Go. But I guess, yeah, they just took it back. I mean, to be fair, it's like, I guess they probably were also at that point probably already planning Let's Go, so they had to get it anyway. And also, like, they re yeah. they redid all the, like, Gen 1 Pokemon's uh, cries and everything in X and Y anyway. Because they've all been updated. Well, that's certainly them. true, but, like, there have been instances in the games. Like, if there's an ambient NPC Pokemon and you talk to them, it'll usually just say yeah, a the cry. syllable of its yeah. name or whatever. Yeah. While it plays the cry, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... I don't know. I just feel like it's... The, the Pokemon in the anime are such a different thing than the ones in the games. It's hard for me to... Yeah. If Nebby was sentient, it would have stayed in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> the bag is nice and dark and warm, Nebby. Why do you want to leave the bag? <laughs> Leaving the bag got Nebby, uh, like, forcibly evolved. And everything got fucked as a result. So Nebby should have stayed in the bag. <laughs> Leaving the bag got Nebby kidnapped like three times before he got forcibly also, evolved. Yeah, also that, to be fair, I never even finished Sun and Moon, but I still know that stuff, and it's like, Nebby, just stay in the bag. Yeah, yep. It's <laughs> the best thing for you. Uh, I, uh, I can't pretend I've done much this week either. Uh, I'm almost done with Assassin's Creed of Valhalla, which I think is... Not a thing that it's thought, actually supposed to happen, with, but there you go. I thought you were done with that game. I didn't realize you're still playing it. No, 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 no. I'm like... I, every time that you've posted like a new like Ivor is like 18 different <laughs> historical people, I'm like, surely you've gotten to the end now where they've just had more reveals, right? And that, no, you're saying you're still at it? No, still going. Oh, um, boy. I finished Ireland. I collected all the, the side quests and collectibles in Ireland and did the main story there. Uh, I finished the main story of the main game and got all the side oh, quests is, and collectibles is, there. Is Ireland the DLC? Yep. Oh, uh, okay. And I've, Great, I'm still working like, on France. Because I was pretty sure you had said that you already got all the collectibles in Valhalla since you compared it to like the size of the Batman trilogy games. So it, oh yeah, I did all the ones in the main game. Yeah. And then of course you had to get the DLC to yeah. have more collectibles. <laughs> yes, naturally. So... I'm working on France right now, and after that I have to do uh, Ragnarok, and the, uh, it's like a, I don't know what to call it, it's technically DLC because it's not in the original game, but it's free, everyone just got it, so there's like a, a finale quest mm -hmm. for the series, and then there's also, in November, they released, uh, hey, by the way, we said we were done updating this game, but haha, we lied, here's a crossover with the protagonist from the upcoming Assassin's Creed Mirage. So I've got to do oh, that weird. Too. <laughs> I, I feel like I super did not hear that they were still updating that game, like... Because Valhalla was, like, 2020, right? I think so, yeah. yeah it's been a while. Yeah, I didn't realize that they were like, here's one last update that ties into... I guess Mirage comes out this year, right? Uh, It was supposed to, but I think it got pushed back. I don't know when it comes out now. Hmm. Uh... Yeah, so that, that's what I have to do to finish, like, story content, and then I guess if I really feel like it, I can play Assassin's Creed Hades, but I probably won't do that because it's bad. Uh, I'm looking at it. Apparently AC Mirage is coming out this year. Oh, well. 
Alrighty then. Set to be released on a bunch of consoles and also the Amazon Luna for whoever the fuck remembers the Amazon Luna. <laughs> what, really? What, uh, what is, is the Amazon Luna basically just their version of fucking... Uh, you know what? I must be thinking of something else. Because this is an upcoming game, but the protagonist is Basim, and that's not the person you cross over with in this quest, so... <laughs> no, AC Mirage follows Basim. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a different person, right. Yeah, Basim is, like, just a guy in the regular story of the game. This is... Honestly, it kind of reminds me of the, when they would do Freedom Cry or Rogue or whatever. Uh, yeah. Sub-story based on the main game. Yeah, like like the uh, the PSP one that had you playing as a black lady or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whichever the one that is. Who can... There's been like 18 Assassin's Creed games, and to be fair, <laughs> I don't remember who's who. Don't. There's been more than that. Uh, okay, well, let's go down this rabbit hole now. Assassin's Creed series. Let's fucking see. Uh, let's see. 13 main games plus all these 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 side games. So, Is that, 28 well, of those, Are you yeah. including like those like three like side-scrolly games? Yeah, the oh, Chronicles oh, games, fair, and then okay. um, Identity, which is an uh, iOS game, and there's, there's a few. Yeah. <laughs> Although, actually, we should probably not count two of those, because one of them is just the multiplayer that's been ported to phone. Oh, uh, yeah. One of <laughs> yeah, you probably don't include that. Although, to, again, to be fair, it's like, well, it could be like the Kingdom Hearts approach, where there's like a bit of story bit there of like, well, it turns out you had to play this to understand everything going on. <laughs> For whenever we actually bother to deal with this stuff, <laughs> it probably is, but whatever. Jeez, I, just looking at the story arcs part of this, it's like the first five main games follow Desmond, and it's like out of like what twenty three. Uh, no. Oh well. Okay. Right. Forgot about the Ezio trilogy. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. The Ezio games. Yeah. Because yeah, it's like you, you have those. Yeah, you have AC the three AC two games, and then AC three, and it's like okay. Uh, the other, like, 20 games, not Desmond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, listen, the thing is, and this is going to sound ridiculous for how much I talk about this series, but I didn't play any of the first three AC games, or I guess the other two AC2 games. I started with Edward Kenway the Pirate, so... <laughs> well, I guess that's actually not the worst place to start, because, like, people liked Black Flag, and, like, of the, like, the actual, like, Desmond games, the only one that, like... People liked AC2, but, like, I feel like AC Brotherhood is, like, the only one of those that, like, people really fondly remember. Which is weird, because AC Brotherhood was also, like, not as long and not as, like, intricate. No, like, it wasn't, like, as, like, interesting, because, like, you only really had, like, Rome. Which, to be fair, you only, right. like, are in Rome for, like, the very end of AC2 to fight the Pope. Which is the thing you do in AC2. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, like, but, like, Brotherhood's whole thing is that it's, like, you know, it's the one that, like, you could recruit people to basically just, like, press the whistle button and just have them appear out of fucking nowhere and shake a dude and run off. Yeah. And it was also the one that introduced the multiplayer, which was better than it had any right to be. Very much like a whole, like, oh god, when was Brotherhood? 2010. Like, very much the style of the time of every game and, like, every video game has to have a multiplayer uh, component. But it was, like, you know, it was at least relatively fun. 
like trying to be, be all stealthy and be yeah. like, I'm pretty sure that's my friend. I know it's them. Like I have the target thing on them, and then you shoot, like stab a person, and you just miss, and they're like right there and just stun you and just run away <laughs> instead. <laughs> like kind kind of like a little bit weird, just because like it kind of did not uh, benefit you much to like jump around the rooftop to do the parkour stuff, because like you got less points if you were like obvious being a player compared to like yeah. blending it with the crowd and everything. And also, like, if you're jumping around the rooftops and somebody has you as their target, it's like, well, it's obviously that motherfucker because the AI doesn't do that. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I figured out what's going on with Mirage. Mm -hmm. um, so, basically, Basim is in Assassin's Creed Valhalla as an adult, and Mirage is a prequel about him as a child learning to be an assassin. So the lady you meet in this quest that they added to Valhalla is the lady who taught him to be an assassin. That's what the problem is. Oh, uh, gotcha. As if that wasn't the most convoluted <laughs> thing in the world. Uh, I mean, it wouldn't be Assassin's Creed if it wasn't, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know, honestly. Like, if I could list my entire Assassin's Creed backlog, Black Flag... Syndicate, Odyssey, Valhalla, that's it. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but I accidentally clicked on the list of Assassin's Creed characters, and it's like, aside from, like, the pretty short, like, modern-day, like, Abstergo people and everything, once it gets to historical characters, you can just, like, click in your scroll wheel and just let it go, and there's just so fucking many. Yeah. <laughs> Most of them only have, like, two sentences, it looks like, but it's like... It's just so many fucking historical people, because, again, like you said, there's like two dozen fucking games. <laughs> God, how does this... How's this series only been around since 2007, and it has like tw two dozen games? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of the problem with this uh, article, I guess, is that so many of the people in these games are based on actual historical figures that it's easier for them to just link to that historical figure than write it all out here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, those historical figures usually have their own Wikipedia article. Yeah, <laughs> So it's exactly. like, why would you, like, give a rundown of, like, I don't know, Genghis Khan, when it's like, you should probably just read the Genghis Khan uh, part instead, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to learn about Genghis Khan, you probably should just go to his actual Wikipedia article and not a, a subsection on Assassin's Creed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, um, that's that's pretty much where I'm at. So I'm almost done. We'll probably finish with them in the next week or two, unless something really weird happens. So, but you say that you're doing really with like a big winter storm at the moment, starting up. So like that could get in the way. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, I don't know. Supposedly it's going to be pretty bad, but. It's not even, like, windy outside, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be windy for the snow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, uh... Somehow we talk just always about Fire Emblem and Assassin's Creed, huh? <laughs> it's the law. <laughs> um... Yeah, not, not at all talking about... Not at all talking about the queer shows uh, on this, uh, that we do this show about. No, we gotta talk about assassins and uh, war children. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, well, I mean, you can be a queer person in Assassin's Creed. They just won't acknowledge it, so. <laughs> but, yeah, and then sometimes they'll go ahead and force you into DLC that's like, no, yeah, this is a relationship because you have to have a kid. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. 
Yay. <sighs> Don't you love it when some rando convinces you to have a kid with him so you can preserve your bloodline, and even if you don't really want to do that, then you end up being his spouse forever? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds real great. <laughs> Thank you, Ubisoft, for this wonderful gift you've given us. <laughs> yeah, um... Uh, I guess I've been watching Wu Assassins on Netflix because <laughs> More. I'm riding through all the Netflix exclusive stuff before, oh, uh, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, so before they uh, shoot themselves in the foot for like the 20th time in the last couple months. Yep. <laughs> the only reason I even have it is because my parents got it, and so... <laughs> yeah, like, that's, uh... I, I was talking to my sister about like that too, because like, we were recently talking about like stuff we're watching and like... She even brought up, yeah, I got rid of my Netflix too, because like I haven't like used her Netflix back when we were like having, uh, you know, a little issue for a year there more or less. So like uh, I thought that I didn't realize she didn't even have her Netflix anymore, but yeah, she just also got rid of hers, and she's like, yeah, I just pirate shit too myself. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, because it's like, you know, hey, if they're going to fuck around with stuff, uh, they should find out. And by that I mean, people should just take their shit any way they can without paying them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know. Ooh, Assassins is fine. Feels a little weird sometimes, but whatever. It's like a martial arts show, which is cool, but it's a... Honestly, it gives me vibes of what the live-action Avatar is going to be like. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> because, um, yeah, the, 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 the quote-unquote Wu assassin is this magical legacy or whatever, and he has to hunt down the people possessed by these Wu spirits, which give them elemental powers. So there's a fire guy and an earth guy and a whatever, and the martial arts scenes are really good, but uh, the elemental effects are, let's say, not... <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. That, oh boy, I'm just now remembering how it took like eight guys doing uh, fake martial arts to make one rock move in the M. Night Shyamalan version of Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have they even said when the Netflix Last Airbender is coming out? No idea. Probably next year, I would say, because we haven't even seen like a poster or a trailer or anything. Yeah. I mean, who who really knows, and also who really cares? That show's gonna get one season, and then they'll kill it off, or maybe it'll get two air quote seasons, and it's really just one season that they split arbitrarily into in order to screw over the creators and not have to pay them more. Yeah, I kind of have to canceled. wonder about that because, like, Avatar is—I'm pretty sure it's owned by Nickelodeon, right? They've got their whole production studio that's four avatar stories yeah, to, to my knowledge so, it's still nickelodeon because like they have nickelodeon branding on the uh the ang and cora uh graphic novels as well yeah so i really just have to wonder how they feel about like obviously they signed this contract but you see netflix canceling all these shows like what do you as a studio think because I, I, I'm, I'm not explaining it well but so many of the shows that they've canceled have been showrun by like indie people, right? Hamish Steel doesn't work for a major yeah, studio yeah, outside of Netflix. Yeah, it's kind of like how like uh, Inside Job was done by Alex Hirsch, and it's like, well, he like last I really worked with like I mean he works with Disney on stuff like doing Owl House, but like the last time you really like ran a show was working with Cartoon Network for Gravity Falls. 
I mean, no, that, no, that was also Disney. Right, Channel. Disney. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why I thought Cartoon Network. For some reason, I was thinking Cartoon Network. So yeah, so it's like yeah, it's like he doesn't really like do a whole lot besides working directly for them or yeah. just like associate with them. And it's like then he got to do Inside Job, and then of course Inside Job also got killed because we can't have any cartoons on Netflix. You gotta you gotta only have yeah. a bunch of seasons of Stranger Things and a bunch of transphobic rants by Dave Chappelle. Well, hey, fun fact: uh, Wu Assassins lasted one season, and then it got killed. So. <laughs> was that on Netflix? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah you said that. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, no surprise. The only difference is that they got a, a like a two-hour finale movie to wrap it up. Okay, so, so, so kind of like a bit like a novel house situation where it's like, well, we got le- way less than we expected, but at least they actually told us how much we have, so that we can actually get to an ending. Yeah. yeah. Unlike Warrior Nun, which got two seasons and a cliffhanger, and that's it. Or, or you know, Paranormal Park, or Inside Job, <laughs> or yeah. insert whatever other number of cartoons recently here, because they just keep doing this. <laughs> uh, it's it's fucked. I think the main reason Warrior Nun sticks in my mind is because they finally just started to get gay near the end of the second season, uh, and then. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a But yeah. Yeah. Um that's that's pretty much I've got. Have you got anything else to bring to the table? Uh not that I can really think of, no. It's like like I said, like it's kinda of just been like a pretty like normal Hey, just like I, like I said before, it's like January. Please chill. Turns out, all I had to do to make uh, the month chill was for it to not see January anymore. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you asked for it to chill, and now I'm under threat of a winter storm. Hey, while IGF hey, in I Texas don't, doesn't I, have power because I it's don't, cold. I don't live in Texas nor Canada, right? I live in Connecticut. <laughs> that's not. That's you can't blame that shit on me. <laughs> You asked it to chill, and then it got so cold the power turned off. I did not send to chill. I meant, please stop taking a dump on me, January. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, February. Let's get to it. Um, yeah, as it already February. What the fuck? <laughs> so, this is the 50th episode of our primary episodes, believe it or not. Yeah, uh, if yeah, you the, count the, the one our, we, yeah, uh, the, holiday special and the the, uh, the primer we did, that makes fifty two. But yeah, this is this is our fiftieth real episode, yo. Yay! We, I, I don't know why for some reason I was about to say roll nuts drink. It's like no, wait, <laughs> that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're fuck. What the, what kind of like landmark is there for turning fifty besides facing your own mortality? <laughs> uh. I think that's pretty much it, yeah. Well, I, I, hey, I only got 15 more years till then. Yay. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. That's terrifying. Yeah. That's a terrifying uh, prospect to realize that in 2038, I'm going to be fucking 50 years old. <laughs> just stop aging. It's no big. Um, uh, I'll get right on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but seriously, it's it's been a blast, and I really appreciate doing this show with you. I, yeah. I have had a show in the past, which I've mentioned a couple times that I don't want anyone to look up, but uh, that fizzled out at like week 49, so we did not make it to this milestone. Yeah, so I think... I th- this is officially the longest project I've worked on. I think the other podcast I was on that I think also got scrubbed from the internet because the uh, the old hosting site went under, 
uh, that I'm pretty sure was well past 50, but it's also like it wasn't like a weekly thing. Mostly because like yeah. the other people, the person in charge of it always wanted to record on Fridays, and it's like I am not really available on Fridays because that's usually my D and D day. So uh, yep. yeah, but yeah, it's like that. I'm pretty sure it did go past that amount. I, I have no idea how many it actually was, or if you could even potentially find any of it. <laughs> I, I'm now googling it to see if I can find it. I highly doubt it. <laughs> Oh wow, I didn't even realize he actually registered a Twitter account. <laughs> it's been inactive since October 25th, 2015. <laughs> that's that's Jack's. Really, yeah, you'll love to see it. We really didn't get it. Wait, no, these episodes are still up? What the fuck? <laughs> okay, well, we probably better stop talking about it right yeah, now. Yeah, no, still they're up. on a different site now somehow. I got, I got the 190. <laughs> huh. Okay, well, shit. <laughs> Don't. Well, hey, turn. Uh, hey, it's easier. Uh, I went by a different name back then and different user handles, so you can't find me. So ha. <laughs> Don't look. Don't go looking through anything to try to find that stuff. <laughs> uh, it looks like the Twitter account for my old show does still exist, but it has been scrubbed entirely. So we have the handle and nothing else. <laughs> Well, that's less than the show I used to be on. Yes, indeed. Like I said, there are still some tweets there from 2015. <laughs> but yeah, um, so with that, let's go ahead and get into, uh, I guess, the last episode of what is technically the first year of our show. <laughs> Yay. Um, so my episode this week was She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, Season 5, Episode 10, Return to the Fright Zone. We open somewhere. I, I'm not super sure where this is. It's like a secret underground princess bunker. I don't. I, I feel I like. Don't know. I mean, it's like they they showed them get to the uh, like Natasha took them to that little like uh hidden place, which was apparently where Katra's like hidden lair was back in like season three. Turns out, I, I saw that in trivia or whatever. So it's like. I feel like that's just in there. Like, they just have had stuff in there. I guess, yeah. Because I, I think that's where Catra was, like, hiding whatever, like, the weapon was that really wasn't a weapon, necessarily. I think you're probably right, but it also just really feels like it came out of nowhere. Because last we saw them, their camp was destroyed, yeah, and they didn't I'm, know where hey, to go, I, and now they've got this whole super I mean, that, base. that's kind of how I felt like with the last couple of these episodes, where it's like, now that, like, they spent most of the season in space, now that they're here, it's like, oh shit, we only have, like, five episodes, we have to, like, hasten <laughs> to a fucking ending. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Adora tells us that the uh, chipped princesses have been wreaking havoc all over Etheria, which I have to question because we're in the first five seconds of the episode and I have a lot of questions already. <laughs> but basically, like, if these princesses are already chipped, if they're already prime, why are they rampaging all over Etheria? Because if his goal is to subsume everyone and use the weapon, rampaging and destroying stuff seems counterproductive. <laughs> it's just a waste of resources. I, I feel like it's like maybe there's actually like pockets of the resistance elsewhere and that they're the only ones that are around because like, I don't know. We didn't see a lot of them like really get away when they were chipped earlier in the season, but like at the same time, like characters are just kind of come and gone as they please when the show actually remembers them like swiftly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Shadow Weaver just showing yeah, up also, last episode. Yeah, yeah, that's something that I have as a note here that we'll get to, and then like they answered that right away. <laughs> you like both straight up addresses it. <laughs> like, yeah, yep. 
Uh, yeah. Um, so Natasha informs everyone that she is actually the Batman of this team, and she's been keeping lists of every princess and how to take them down if they turn evil. Uh, no word on why she hasn't used any of those plans yet, because, you know, they turned evil, this is why you would have those plans. Because is barely a character, I gotta say, unfortunately. <laughs> her whole- uh, Natasha has two, like, personality traits to her, which are, she likes to fight and she likes her wife, and sometimes she fights her wife. <laughs> don't forget, is hyper-competitive. <laughs> well, that I kind of lump in with, she likes to fight and likes to, and likes her wife, because she, you know, really seems like she's competitive with her own wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but also they aren't good plans, so... Uh, uh um, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, the, the examples of weaknesses she gives are that, uh, Spinarella twisted an ankle as a kid, and so she never regained all her mobility, and so by keeping her off balance on that leg, it'll be easy to take her down. Why she didn't do that when they were uh, fighting the other episode, no idea. Also, problem there, Spinarella can, like, kind of fly. <laughs> Yep. Like, doesn't matter if she can, like, uh, fucking take out her kneecap or whatever. It's like, she can just be like, alright, well, fuck you, I'll just fly. Yep. <laughs> it's like, uh -huh. oh, right, forgot about that. Yeah, Natasha has a notebook of, like, intricately drawn plans on how to do this, and how she's gonna force her wife to do all the housework from now on after saving her. And as weird as that is, the drawings inside the notebook are... Very clearly done by Nate himself, so nice one sneaking that in there, bro. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 still kind of just a bummer that like like Nate got to voice a character and all, and it's like lesbian wives, but it's like at the same time, it's like not not the greatest representation of lesbians. I feel <laughs> again because like any time that like Natasha has shown up, it's really just like her being in argumentative with other people, or directly with her wife, or having to fight her wife. Like, yeah, not great. <laughs> or scheming to make her wife dress as a maid and do chores for the yeah, rest of yeah, her life. Yeah, yeah, also <laughs> Not great, gotta say. Yep. Um, yes. Uh, let's see. The other princesses kind of are skeptical about... Not that this specific weakness will be difficult to exploit, but just in general. Like, they're not all going to be as easy as breaking someone's ankles, you know? Mm -hmm. So... She decides to, like, she gets big mad that they doubt her and starts listing the other weaknesses, which are essentially throwing a shiny thing for Entrapped at a chase, uh, setting Frosta and Mermista on fire. <laughs> which, uh, I gotta point out, why is, it, like, why is it that she thinks that fire would be good against the water and ice people? Like, I get ice is weak against fire in Pokemon, but, like, it still melts and turns to water and puts out the fire. Uh -huh, I wonder yeah. if it's on fire, in Mermista's case. Well, if you look at the little drawing she shows of how to beat Mermista, specifically Seahawk has to set her on fire. Oh, so. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, to be fair, that does work, actually, because Mermista just gets pissed about all the boats that he's set on fire. Yep. She'd be too distracted by being annoyed with him to actually fight back. <laughs> uh, also, where's Seahawk been? <laughs> I just yeah, realized. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> nope. uh, and Adora's weakness is that she can't act, apparently. So, bad weakness. This is She-Ra you're talking about. Um, then, uh, Glimmer is said to have crippling self-doubt contrasted with a preposterously large ego, which is much more personal than any of the rest of these. Uh, Perfuma's thing is fair, also right? fire, so... Yeah. And to be fair, Glimmer's is accurate considering how uh, Glimmer was all of season four. <laughs> yeah, Glimmer's is the only accurate one, IMO. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, fire would work against, like, uh, Perfuma, probably, just because, you know, you would just burn her plants. Not... But, but, okay. This is a thing I hate in so much children's media, but the thing is, is that plants don't burn very well, especially if they're alive. Living plants are full of water, is the thing. Yeah, and, and, and to be fair, and also, like, occasionally, like, you know, controlled burns have to happen for nature to keep being healthy. But again, if we're going yeah. based on video game logic here, as as uh, Natasha seems to be, grass weak against fire. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that plants won't burn, but there's a reason it takes full-on forest fires to destroy, to do deforestation the way they do, you know? Mm-hmm. But either way, um, her, yes, fire and also her inability to unleash her powers for fear of hurting people. Uh, this is probably the most valid apart from Glimmer's thing. Yeah. And, of course, uh, Bose is just cutting his bowstring <laughs> because he is worthless without a bow. Um, Catra kind of pipes up and says, yeah, yeah, it's easy to beat princesses, we've all done it. Um, <laughs> but uh, it turns out her weakness is a spray bottle. So, Natasha, where were you with this this entire time? You fought a war with Catra. Yeah. You could have brought her down with a spray y- bottle? Y'all have, fought Nat- <laughs> y'all have fought Catra multiple times and never thought of this. Also rude, just squirting her with a water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Natasha's just... If... It's true that this is her, and she's been strategizing this entire time. She's just absolutely the worst. She could have won that war for them, no problem, and she refused to. Yeah, yeah. It's like this is, I guess, just like one of those cases where it's like, oh yeah, this show is like definitely made for like a younger audience, which is something that always strikes me as the most interesting to think about, considering that like these these teenagers are all older than like the Owl House cast, except, like, I, we basically figured out that, like, it seems like Glimmer is kind of around the same age as Hunter, but it's, like, these characters at times definitely feel like they're, like, way younger and more or less mature than the Owl House cast, despite yeah. being older than them, and also the Owl House has a younger <laughs> cast, but is made for kind of older audiences, whereas the inverse is true with she where it's, like, it feels like this is, like, definitely, like, the show for, like, 11 or 12-year-old girls who want to do, like, Magical princess stuff. <laughs> kind of deal. Yeah. In a way, and you're going to see this throughout the episode, it's very clear in my notes, but I kind of feel like, as much as I still like this show, I kind of think that the Owl House ruins me for it, in a way. Yeah. Because while I adore it, it's just so much of it is frustrating and not characterful in a way that i need it to be now. yeah because like i mean we've got like even just like thinking back to like uh for the future and we got like a lot of glimmer in that episode and not glimmer yeah <laughs> a lot of willow in that episode where it's like yeah yeah so much yeah. glimmer <laughs> yeah so much glimmer it's like when have we really gotten like that much information about like any character like just like even just like what they're processing i guess the closest is catcher really in like the next episode yeah. in particular I mean, Catra and Adora are the only ones who have true arcs in this series, from what we've seen so yeah, far. Yeah, like, Glimmer's whole arc was basically, like, I'm the little, like, teen princess. Oh, look at me, I'm so precocious. And then her mom dies, and all of a sudden she's like, it's time to do a genocide. <laughs> but now she's just a teen yeah, princess yeah, and precocious she, again. Yeah, like, she, she didn't, like, she, she, grow or change Yeah, her, her genocide plan went to shit, and she got caught for, like, two weeks, and then, you know, like, tossed into, like, a pretty nice room not even like necessarily a cell like yeah it had a laser grid and everything to keep her in but it's like it was not like a prison cell <laughs> and yeah. then she got busted out and she's like all right i guess i'm back to how i was back when my mom was still 
in this dimension. Because <laughs> it's like, we still don't know for sure she's actually dead. <laughs> maybe at this point, because maybe she doesn't starve to death, but she wasn't dead dead, <laughs> to her knowledge. So the thing is, is that, um, <laughs> uh, I mean, Angela was trapped between realities as part of the portal mechanism, right? Mm-hmm. To hold Despondos apart from the Prime Universe, but now that's oh, been ripped yeah, open yeah, and Despondos come... is back in the Prime Universe. Yeah, so how come she didn't get so... free? <laughs> so, yeah, either Angela is out there free somewhere and just not caring about Etheria anymore, or ripping Despondos open just shattered that barrier and she got killed for real. <laughs> well, we you probably know. should have talked about that back when it happened. <laughs> You know, hey, to be fair, it's like she barely got to do much in the entire show before she was there just to die. In a sense, so it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, um, Glimmer doesn't seem like she's bothered to really like think about her mom much, and like Micah had like one moment of being like, "Oh, my wife's dead. That sucks." Okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, well, to be fair, he did get brainwashed pretty quick. So he, he did shortly after that. Yeah, I mean, he was around for like a. Uh, couple episodes at the start of season five after that when they like got yeah, back like a few yeah he's around a little bit <laughs> he's certainly around yeah. more than Casaspella. <laughs> yeah yep true that um <laughs> i guess we know at the mark uh, her appearance is now technically six i guess if you count her being in the final shot of this episode and then all of next episode <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so somehow the princesses managed to find Scorpia. They they figured out that she went back to the fright zone. No word on how they did this. Yeah, there's but, uh, like there's like eight people here, and they're all here. Maybe Seahawks doing that. <laughs> yeah, that could be. Yeah, that's what he ain't here. <laughs> Swift render off flying around watching for princesses. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically their plan is just to uh, head in there and get her. As ever, their plans are bad. Uh, Perfuma thinks that Scorpia going back to the Fright Zone must mean something, that Scorpia must see it as home and be, like, resisting Prime. But Kadra just points out that, no, that's absolutely not what's happening. Prime is mind-controlling her, and she's yeah. not good at standing up to authority in the yeah, first place. like, I mean, they do, I guess at this point we don't necessarily know until later in the episode that this is where Horde Prime is just hanging out now, but it's like, it makes sense that he would make the Fright Zone be, like, a base of operation because it was still there. It's a little wrecked, but, like, he's got a bunch of clones and robots to fix it up. Well, I mean, yes, but even beyond that, you don't need to assume that Prime is there, right? Because if the Hive Mind subsumes you, then there's a reason she's going there, and it's not because she feels like it. It's yeah. because Prime wants yeah, that, whether he's there or not. It's because it's like, not. hey, just go, like, my army, go here for, like, <laughs> I don't know, some reason. Not a debriefing, because uh-huh. you could just get it mentally, I guess. But it's like, there there would at least be reasons, like, this is just where you're operating out of until I get there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. But, yeah. So, Katra reminds them that taking out the chip is the only way to save the chipped people, and that it pretty much only worked for her because her chip got damaged, which is to say that she died. And uh, Perfuma gets mad at this for basically, like, the second time on this show ever. Because she knows all about Catra and Scorpius' history and thinks Catra is just being a bad friend again. Uh, she's insulted that someone who treated Scorpia the way Catra did could ever think Scorpia would be weak enough to let Prime defeat her because her friendship is too strong. Someone needs to tell Perfuma that they're at war. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, like you're at you're you're in a war in which your enemy is using literal mind control for Fuma. Besides which, Catra literally is the only person they know who has ever been freed from this mind control. She can tell you what it's like, yeah, and she, she knows can, that's... She, she knows from experience that you have to have that chip fiber severely fucked up or quasi die in order for it to stop working. But no friendship. Um... <laughs> I kind of just to be a little fair. I mean, Katra did have like a moment or two when she did try to like regain control of herself when Adora was trying to use the power of being gay, but it still took her basically dying for it to stop. <laughs> yeah, and there is like Perfuma and Scorpia are very much considered to be a couple by the end of the show. So it's very possible that this is just Perfuma believing in Scorpia because she's crushing so hard, but still, it's, it's it gets really ridiculous in this episode. You're gonna see me get very upset with her. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, again, I really just can't help but compare to Starrell House, but I mean, it's like, they didn't really, like, try all that much to really, like, try to make Hunter fight off Bellows. It's more just like, yeah, we gotta just do the best we can. To try to, like, get this guy out, I guess. At least we got V for that. Yeah, yeah that bunch of 14, 16-year-olds figured out that, oh, this is a life-or-death situation. Yeah. We have to stop our friends. Yeah, but, I mean, even in that case, it was still, like, I mean, Hunter was able to at least like, try to, like, fight back against him after he uh, did the bad thing. <laughs> Which, God, I still keep seeing that fucking house down the road that has the cardinal flag of, like, Jesus Christ to people. <laughs> Did you put? I don't think they put that up to, in honor of Flat Tech. <laughs> I think it's something they will have them like it. But I definitely know this card was way more since that episode. <laughs> Just in general. Uh, why couldn't you make him be like some magical creature that I wouldn't see in my day to day life? <laughs> no, you have to make him be a bird that exists on Earth. No snake shifter for you. No. Um, well, I mean, to be fair, maybe maybe Evelyn made him be uh, like a cardinal because she saw that that was a real bird on Earth. So maybe cardinals that, actually don't exist in the Boiling House and she just designed it as one. To, I to guess that would make sense. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, a lot of, a lot of that stuff still is stuff that we just over-examine and doesn't make sense. Like, I guess owls actually just fully exist because there's the owl beast and the owl curse and owl burnt. That <laughs> <laughs> doesn't mean owls exist. It just means they know what an owl is. Yeah, but they also think that, like, Jurassic... Like, well, I mean, hey, they were right about Jurassic actually being demons, but they also... Like, Ida also thinks that, like, uh, stuff like possums are not real. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's my point. Like, an owl could just be a mythical creature to the Boiling Isles. But there's the owl beast. And? Like, it's not an owl. It's just like an owl, it's, so they call it an owl beast. It's an owl, but it's got four legs. And it's big. It's definitely not an owl. It's Owls an, do not it's have that an many an owl, teeth. It's an owl bear, just with a few letters changed around to be beast. Point being, it's it's like Pokemon. Pikachu is an electric mouse Pokemon, but they don't have mice. So. But the Pokedex in the original games mentioned that right you can kill an elephant. They don't have those either. <laughs> well, not anymore. They changed the Pokedex in some remakes to be like to kill like uh, well, not even a Don fan. No, I guess that's ground type. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know. I mean, hey, Scarlet and Violet do just straight up have like some Pokemon being food. <laughs> yep. Like you're just you're just grinding up a, a Nackley or however you want to pronounce it to be rock salt. <laughs> Yeah, so Bo just kind of wanders away. He's playing on his iPad and is very distracted. Glimmer follows him, so the thing is, he is super worried about his dads because he hasn't heard from them since this whole thing started. And he mentions that their house is hidden somehow, and he says very well hidden, but that's the first I've heard of it, so I don't know what's up with that. But he's very scared anyway, so Glimmer offers to take him to find them, because yes, the other mission is important, but so is this. And while I agree in principle, uh, like, you're going to take down mind-controlled Scorpia in the heart of the Fright Zone, maybe take your full power for this. Yeah, or, um, <laughs> or at the least, bring like teleport Bo to his dad's home and let Bo figure that out, and then go help out with the... Thing to get Scorpia back because Glimmer is yeah. like Glimmer is like their like second most powerful combatant because like yeah, like Adora is like the only one that's stronger than her really because like she can teleport across the entire world now at this point <laughs> and she doesn't need yeah. spell slots anymore. <laughs> like just in terms of pure damage output, I think Frosta beats um, beats Glimmer, but the sheer fact that Glimmer has infinite teleports and can take people with her just makes her unbeatable on a battlefield. Yeah, she can just keep bamfing around with Mitzi Step and just blast you with Eldritch Blast. <laughs> Not even that, but just, like, drop your foes in Antarctica and you're good. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, you just pick up Frosted and toss her in a volcano. Problem solved. <laughs> we know her weakness yeah, is fire. fire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just gotta take that 18d10 uh, lava soup damage. For anybody that's watched the most recent Never After. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I assume Glimmer does, at the very least, tell the others what's going on and teleport them does, to the Fright Zone. They? But that does happen off screen. Do they so. know? People just seem like they're just like wandering around, not even being around during times like this, like Swiftwind or Seahawk. Do they tell them yeah. they're leaving to go do that? <laughs> well, everyone else gets to the Fright Zone in the next scene, so I am assuming Glimmer gave them a ride, but... <laughs> Because they don't have Swiftwind, and they don't have skimmers or anything, so that would be like a two-week hike, at least. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, either uh, way, pity yeah. they also don't have any of their other sorcerers who could teleport them in at the moment. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we got a scene in the Fright Zone of Catra and Adora just kind of reminiscing about how many bad memories they have here. You know, there's another shot of Catra sort of looking at the light running off across Adora's head and it's gay, you know. But uh, then they, when they all get to the entrance, it's just kind of abandoned and littered with crushed bots. This place is a ruin, and Catra absolutely takes credit for that. She <laughs> <laughs> did fuck up a lot of the stuff there. When it, uh, to be fair, it was mostly Hordak, but she still like managed to like knock a few <laughs> things around to attack at him. She, yeah, she did drop that big. I'm thing not saying she him. didn't do some damage, but like she didn't do as much damage yeah. as Prime ripping the place open with his tractor beams. <laughs> yeah, nor uh, Hordak having his big uh, Mega Man Buster. <laughs> uh huh. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh. So Perfuma just kind of runs off through the halls, shouting for Scorpia because she doesn't understand what mind control yeah, or stealth yeah, are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
she, she's doing the uh, uh, Elan, I got a four, did you hear me? I got a four thing from like way <laughs> early on in Northern Stake, if anybody also remembers that, back from like 2005. Yeah. <laughs> God, what the fuck was that? Northern Stake, that was a long fucking time ago. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Why am I looking for this now? <laughs> uh, where the fuck was it? <laughs> God, I, man, I forgot that this was back when he had like the weird, like swoopy lines for the comic, rather than just straight lines for the uh, border. Original <laughs> uh, Orisic was weird. <laughs> What the fuck was it? It can continue. I, I don't know what. Yeah. I'm not trying to hold it up by trying to find when uh, <laughs> they fucked up uh, being invisible. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so they they enter into this. It's like a grand hall full of busted up machinery, and Perfume is still yelling. And then there's this really cool lighting effect where lightning starts going all over the place, and it's red and. Uh, Scorpia just busts through the wall, uh, and she's kind of standing there in shadow dramatically. And then she just immediately tries to kill Perfuma with lightning. Um, Perfuma still insists that Scorpia just can't tell it's them, but it's murder time, baby. Uh, <laughs> Katra gets hit by one of these bolts and gets blasted halfway across the fright zone. Yeah, she really, um, it's like... <laughs> Like, uh, fucking Scorpia designing her, what, like, one of her various, uh, powers in her, like, lightning multi-power to be, like, oh, this does, does, like, so much fucking knockback. <laughs> yeah, this is full-on 300% damage ring out in Smash Brothers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how fast she goes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Milog turns around to go chase after Catro, so I guess she's getting a ring out, too. Um... <laughs> Sorry, it. I forgot. My mistake. Uh, yeah, uh, so then Scorpia just grabs this huge piece of machinery and tries to squish Adora, who has to transform to chop it in half, and Perfuma just continues to be annoying about mind control. New scene. Um, <laughs> uh, I did else? find it, by the way. It's uh, comic number 90 back in 2004 was the I got a 4 <laughs> in the stick. <laughs> they are at 1274 now. <laughs> miss me. Yeah, and meanwhile they've been in the North Pole for like the last two years trying to deal with the actual final dungeon, probably, maybe, who knows. So, who knows whether or not will actually finish. Five years of Durkan being a vampire, just remember. <laughs> it was a week in comic time, but it took five years to tell. <laughs> Two-ish years, so there's North Pole arc, and they haven't gone in the door yet. Uh, I mean, no, they're, they're, uh, I guess they're not fully in the door yet. <laughs> nope. Yeah, no, oh, God, when was it? Uh, they to... did go in the door, but then they, they went back they out went, again. They went in multiple different doors, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, uh, 1190 is when the current uh, comic uh, arc took started, which was 2020. Uh, wait, wait, oh, wait, hang on a sec. As of tomorrow, this recording is on February 2nd, as of tomorrow, it was exactly three years since they started the North Pole arc proper. Because <laughs> the orders that came back on February 3rd, 2020, with 1190, which was them getting to the North Pole. <laughs> yep. And in that time, there's been, let's be fair, 84 comics in that time. Rich Burley has like a slow update with... I mean, to be to be fair, you look at the comic now compared to comic ninety, and it's like there's so much more detail and everything. 
with most <laughs> most of the comics also being like double length these days compared to how they normally were. Yeah, I guess. Just like to see some progress in my comics once in a while. That's all. Yeah, um, yeah. Unfortunately, it turns out you take a while. I mean, it's not like how like when I had COVID, I basically like read eleven years worth of a like trans uh, high schooler comic in the span of like two days. But that's because uh, it turns out I had two days to do nothing else. <laughs> listen, this is every day for me. This is how I consume media. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to see. I can wait. Hang on. Uh, how many comics were in that comic? <laughs> now I'm thinking of. Uh, da -da -da -da. We're we're getting very off track here, but uh <laughs> that's because we're annoyed at this episode. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh thirteen oh four in the the webcomic that I'm talking about, uh in particular called Rain. I don't know if you ever heard of it. I found it by seeing finding a different trans webcomic when I was sick and uh I read all of to be fair, Rain's uh art style is kinda rough at the start and it's a little rough throughout, but it's like it's it's a good story overall. About trans high schooler. No. Yeah. If you if you ever have two days to burn, <laughs> you can, you can <laughs> read all of that. <laughs> That's what I did when I had COVID. Where the fuck were we? Yeah. So we were at uh, uh, Bo and Glimmer arrive at the library, is what they call Bo's dad's house, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it is just swarming with prime bots, so Bo panics big time because he essentially immediately decides that they're dead, and it's his fault for learning archery and leaving home. Yeah, he. This poor boy has an anxiety disorder, yeah. and no one will help him. Yeah. Also, <laughs> wouldn't shooting down a drone immediately alert all other drones to the fact that one of them got got? Those things are basically just flying cameras, right? That's how Horde Prime. You would think so, but Prime apparently been, they're not networked. That's how Prime has been like watching the Twitch streams of the war going on through these little camera drone things around, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, my guess, and this is just a guess, mind you. I'm, I'm trying to fill the hole here, but each individual drone must not be networked to each other drone. They're only broadcasting to Prime's look at editorial so if he's not watching that feed then <laughs> prime is the kind of guy who has like nine monitors in his home computer setup and they're all well, sure on, we saw him doing all, that they're all on nine different twitch streams all the time well i guess uh -huh. some, some of them have like a youtube browser open instead <laughs> gotta watch let's plays any way he can whether they're on twitch or youtube Yeah, so, anyway, they find a note very obviously left behind, just stuck yeah, to the wall. Yeah, this, this entire place is fucking trashed, and somehow nobody that trashed it noticed this on there. <laughs> like, yeah, unless they, 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 like, they just stabbed it to the wall with an arrow. Yeah, like, unless they, like, were hiding out somewhere as this place got destroyed, then came back, got whatever they could from it, and then left the note? Assuming nobody else would come back, but it's like, why would... It's, it's, uh... It's goofy cartoon logic. We shouldn't closely examine it, but we're gonna. Yep, we sure are. <laughs> um. Yeah. Anyway, that's like it's it's a riddle. It's a bad dad joke that leads them to the nearest first one's ruin. So cool. But I wouldn't say like it just says first one's ruin. Basically, it doesn't say which one. It's not like there aren't dozens of these things all over the planet, but. Anyway, uh, 
So Catra finally lands and is met by Milog, who apparently takes her to task for not being a very good friend, but we don't speak cat, so we don't understand it. <laughs> and Catra does say she's trying to be better at being friends, but then all the water pipes burst because Marmista is here too, and she is going to murder Catra big time. Um, also, this is where I uh, realize where is Frosted in all this too. We saw her at the beginning, and then they just left her there at the base. Yeah, I she guess. just disappeared. <laughs> yeah, you would think that the person who can make ice walls to block blasts of lightning or freeze water would be very useful with dealing with a person who can shoot lightning and a person who has water powers. But no. <laughs> like... You left her with Swift Win. He's the babysitter, I guess. <laughs> well, from a tactical perspective, I kind of get it, though. Because if this mission goes bad and they get captured, then at least there's still someone out there, right? Right, but, but I wouldn't but there, have made it Frosta. <laughs> but see, there would have if they took Frosta and they all got fucked over, then it's like, well, Glimmer and Bo are still out there, and also you got Swift Wind, Shadow Weaver, Cassispella, and Seahawk, wherever the fuck he is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, like the so D that's team, fair. yeah, but still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just don't know why specifically Frost is the one you leave behind. Because if you do want to make sure you've got someone safe for next time, you don't want it to be the 12 year old. <laughs> yeah, like, again, you have Bo and Glimmer safe because they're off doing dad stuff compared to. Well, they're this. on their own mission. You don't know what's going on over there either. Maybe that's a trap, too. Yeah, but it's like there's less chance of them having to fight a princess compared to going directly into the fright zone. Yeah, that's fair. So it's like, you know, it's still a case of like, why did. Like, it's like not many of them actually go and do this mission because it's really just Adora, Perfuma, and uh, freaking Catra. <laughs> that's really <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Or at least the only three yeah. that really matter in this whole episode, more or less. Yep, yep. So, uh, yeah, in that main fight room, Scorpia is still just doing her darndest to murder anything she can get her claws on. And I'll give him props for this. It's pretty frightening as far as She-Ra goes. Like, it's not a horror movie, but it almost is, you know? <laughs> just between this this really dark lighting and the almost robotic pursuit, she, she could make a decent slasher villain here. But, uh... Yeah, uh, Perfuma is basically just insisting that Scorpia's good energy is being blocked by Prime's negative energy, which is technically true, I guess, if you mean minds and mind control. <laughs> but she doesn't because she's a hippie. Um, <laughs> and then she yells at She-Ra for trying to scuff Scorpia from killing all of them. It's, it's specifically because she tells Adora that we don't throw tanks, and it's like, let Adora throw tanks! <laughs> You need to stop her, or she will slaughter you. Yeah. Stop it. Also, like, uh, you know, Scorpio's a tough girl. She can take a tank to the face. It's fine. She could absolutely take a tank to the face. She would be fine. Yeah, she Adora, would be pinned Adora down Adora for a few seconds. Adora got blasted by a tank and was, like, O-Code immediately back in Season 1. That wouldn't happen to Scorpio. Scorpio could take a tank yeah. shooting her, or especially can take a tank being tossed at her. Yeah. I think Scorpia is even stronger now than she usually is, though, because that machinery she was lifting and throwing—I don't think she could normally do that. <laughs> she's got she's got gay princess powers now, so that's why. I guess. I, I to be fair, I also did at least get a chuckle out of when uh, Scorpia picks up a tank and Adora's like, "Oh, but she gets to throw tanks." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, let the um, lesbians throw tanks. Every lesbian should get to throw a tank. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, so Perfuma just kind of walks towards Scorpia in plain view with no cover, asking her politely to stop, and doing this sort of wrapping her up with vines gently thing, only for Scorpia to incinerate the vines with lightning and murder bolt her in the face. <laughs> uh, except that Shirod dives in and tackles her to the ground and gets Perfuma out of the way, because for some reason she's still involved in this mission, despite going out of her way to make it not work. Um, and then Spinnerella shows up, and she's basically just here to kite Natasa away and keep them from keep her from being a part of the main team. And it's just like, not only are y'all hampered by a person who's actively working for the other side, but you don't even have basic mission cohesion. The Justice League is better at sticking together than you guys are, and splitting up is like 80% of what they do. <sighs> Uh, in their defense, Katra got blasted like eight miles away from everybody else, and Natasa intentionally told everybody, leave my wife to me, nobody else fight my wife but me, and it's like, you know, that was her choosing to go off on her own, but like, Katra, you can't blame Katra, she got blasted with lightning in the chest and got thrown eight miles (laughs) I absolutely don't blame Catra. I do blame Natasa for falling for this, because it is clearly a trap. Like... Your wife shows up specifically so that you can see her and then leaves. She's just trying to get you away from the fight. Stop it. Don't do that. (sighs) Whatever. The Batman on this team is not a good Batman. Um, (laughs) In the ruin, uh, Bo and Glimmer are exploring what's revealed to be an excavation site that Bo's dads were digging. When they almost get shot by an arrow, so I guess uh, Bo's dads have been teaching themselves to use a bow and arrow. Uh, Neither of them know how to do that, but I guess they saw their son do it and thought it was a good idea. Um, Bo kind of blows up at them for just going about business as usual and like continuing the dig despite their house being invaded. But they say that actually it's his fault because he inspired them to use what they know and do it to fight for what they believe in. And anyway, they found a Deus Ex Machina machine built in the ruins, so there. Haha. Uh, <laughs> yeah, very uh, very handy here again, three episodes before the show ends, for you to be like, here, we know the thing that we have to do to stop the guy. <laughs> uh-huh. yep. Even though we already established you could just blast that motherfucker with magic because he has uh, very low resistance and doesn't have any ability to reduce damage when spells. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Again, bring uh, Frosta. Let Frosta just shoot an icicle into that guy's heart. It's fine. It'll, it'll, she'll solve the problem herself. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, he'll transfer to a new body, but he's only got so many of those, you know? Yeah, well, that's why you just blow up his entire ship as well. <laughs> also, does, does, is he able to just, like, jump out of his body as, like, a soul and go into a different one? Doesn't he have to be, like, hooked up or something? Like, when he, like, went and checked out the memories of another guy? Like, I feel like he doesn't just get to, like, j- like body jack guys at a distance. I feel like he has to be in, like, a machine or something like that to transfer his essence or whatever. I'm pretty sure he can just body jack guys at a distance, because I think that's how his assuming direct control works. Hmm. But, but, like... But those are, like, people with the, you know, the chips and everything, or his clones. Like, yeah, like... but, I mean, he can just jump his mind into them, so... Well, that, I don't that, think that, he needs a I, setup. I, for I always that. just read that basically is just to like see through their eyes and also like just talk through them rather than that being like, oh, this clone's just horde, uh, horde prime now, <laughs> and back on his ship, his actual body just wivers into nothing because it's like, oh no, I'm a thousand years old and I'm not in here anymore. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like 
we talked about this last episode, but most of the hive mind is running on a basic AI principle, yeah? So I figure he jumps into one body, the AI just takes over the one he left. It's not like it's going to explode immediately. Mm, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, that's why he doesn't do that to Scorpio here, is because he's standing right there. He doesn't want to collapse. Um, anyway, uh, so so elsewhere, Milog casts Greater Invisibility on Catra to hopefully give her a chance against Barmista, because, after all, a monk with Greater Invisibility is a monk that has advantage on four attacks every round. But, uh... uh pity she's it's not just... a rogue. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Katja's already got three levels of uh, Ranger here on top of her levels of Monk. At this point, it's like, why not just also get a few levels of Rogue on there for sneak attack? <laughs> I, I guess her, I guess yeah. her natural weapons don't count as finesse weapons because no, they probably don't. She, she is, I mean, she is using like strength on those uh, cat claws as a tabaxi, which is again a dumb thing. Why is why did well, tabaxi get strength on that when they get plus two dex? <laughs> I don't know about that, but as per D&D Beyond, if you take a monk, then that dexterity can apply to your natural weapons, too, so... Oh, that's true, yeah, yeah, but, I mean, I don't think necessarily that, like, you'd have to use one of those, like, actual, like, monk weapons that have finesse rather than the unarmed strikes that just use your dex in order to use sneak attack. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. Sneak attack specifies it has to be a ranged weapon or a weapon that uses finesse. I see. Yeah, so I don't think on our strike, even using dex counts. Nope, sure doesn't. Unless the GM <laughs> lets, wants to let you be able to punch a guy in the chest so hard his, his heart explodes. <laughs> Which uh, would be kind of rad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Either way, it is just not working. Remista is destroying her. Which mostly just tells me that Remista wasn't pulling her weight when they were fighting this war either. Everybody could have taken down Catra and no one bothered. Uh... Elsewhere, uh, Spinnerella tries to kill Natasha by throwing her off a building, but she forgot the circus performer's most dangerous weapon, safety nets. Uh, seriously, this scene is like 15 seconds. It's just there so you remember that Natasha's in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, back in the main fight, Perfuma starts crying because she's mad that her friend got mind-controlled, and she finally understands that her friend got mind-controlled. But she doesn't know why anyone would do that. Like, just because he's a galaxy-spanning hive mind bent on absolute control and subsuming everything, why would he bother mind-controlling good people? That's just so... bad. But <laughs> she is so busy with this that she distracts Shira from... Scorpia is now looking truly apocalyptic. She's just flying around using lightning. It's very infamous, too. Uh... <laughs> And uh, because of Perfuma's crying, Adora gets hit so hard that she goes back to being Adora, <laughs> and they have to run away down a side hall. Um, and Prime is there. He's just kind of hanging out, sitting on Hordak's old throne. <laughs> uh, the thing is, is that uh, Prime has decided it's time for him to see what the big deal about Etheria is in person. So he started in Hordak's house because, you know, Hordak built it and it amused him. And just by pure chance, Scorpia's electricity powers basically make her unstoppable in the fright zone that is run on entirely electric power, so. <laughs> yeah, I guess actually, now you say that, it's like, whenever we've seen, like, other places that are all, like, princess stuff, it's really more just, like, magical lighting and stuff, and not really electricity. Yep. Yeah, this is Scorpia's place of power right here. <laughs> uh, he manages to tie up Adora and Perfuma and... 
well, Scorpia does, using the electricity to control wires. And Dora insists that he won't ever get his hands on She-Ra, but he doesn't actually need her anymore, because thanks to Hordak's thousand years of research and the outdated nature of First One's tech from a thousand years ago, Hordak pretty much just knows enough to hack the planet. He's not quite there, but he's he's getting close. Um, back down in the mine, Bo's dads reveal that the Deus Ex machine they've discovered is Light Hope. Uh, presumably this one isn't evil, but who knows. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is entirely a different one, considering that like we already saw like OG Light Hope just die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's weird and complicated, because we're going to learn some stuff here that makes me suspect they might be connected. But it turns out that if you use the swords activation phrase, it turns Light Hope into a galaxy map. Uh, I would have to guess that this doesn't happen every time, or Adora's training would have been just a major bummer if Light Hope turned into a no, map whenever no, she no, transforms. They, they use a different code, because they say Friends of Mara, based on the... Uh, nope, 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 nope. To get her to the galaxy map, the code is for the honor of Grayskull. Oh, right, right. But, <laughs> right. So the thing is, is that the constellations of the distant past in this galaxy map kind of look like letters in the first one's alphabet. And if you select them in a specific order to spell out the phrase Friends of Mara, this activates Light Hope's hidden mode, which is an answering machine. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, you have to have both of those phrases, and suppose Dad's figured this out randomly somehow. But... Because yeah, there's, uh, the sh- there's three episodes left, so they had to figure it out. <laughs> yep. Uh, and also, as I recall, the last time we met Bo's dads, they couldn't read First One's language, but they, I guess no, Adora got could, them up to they speed. They could not, no. <laughs> they needed Adora for that, because Adora reading the, the vase or whatever is what made uh, the big worm come out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, remember how one of the dads has a tattoo that says lunch because he thought it said something else? Uh, I forgot about that entirely. That's like everybody that basically just gets Japanese characters, at least what they think are Japanese characters, tattooed on them, and then it's like, that's actually nothing or offensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, uh, so it turns out, we learn here that Mara was not working alone against the first ones. She was part of a group of freedom fighters, and uh, I guess they decided to name themselves after her. It's weird. But uh, also, just for those who don't know, Friends of Mara is also a code word you can use to discreetly ask if someone is a lesbian. So there you go. (laughs) If you're familiar with gay history, back in the day, the code phrase was, are you a friend of Dorothy, to see if someone was gay? Well, now we've got Friends of Mara for lesbians. This is is reminding me of the terrifying thing my friend told me about it. A shitty, like, overpriced uh, grocery chain in California where apparently, like, some craze is, like, people going there to try to, like, hook up and fuck and stuff like that. And, like, the phrase you'd say is, like, how's the soup? And if they are into you the, and want to f- down the fuck, they basically just reply, it's pretty hot. <laughs> Uh, I'll I, have mean, to, yeah, I'll, I will have to find the link to that terrifying grocery store to show you it because the prices on that place are fucking ridiculous. Yeah, that's California. <laughs> it, it's California, but it's also like a like stupid bullshit. Like, hey, you want to buy like uh like fifteen ounces of soup for like thirty dollars? No, I don't. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's California, but yeah, I mean that's that's kind of what cruising was back in the day. So. Yeah, um, so basically what they have found is uh, a recording from one of these friends 
She tells whoever is listening that there is a failsafe for the weapon, the Heart of Etheria, which is located at the Arxia outpost. They can use it to destroy the heart for good and stop it from ever being used, but of course Glimmer's the one hearing this, so she's just going to blow up the failsafe because this is Glimmer we're talking about. She wants to fire the super cannon. Um, <laughs> well, she wanted to before. She doesn't now, but she might still want to. <laughs> sure. Let's be realistic here. She might get pissed uh, later on next episode, but she kind of still wants to fire the, the genocide gun. Yeah, she definitely does. Um so yeah, finally, 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 after all this time, we get confirmation of what Grayskull is in this universe. I thought it happened in, like, season two, so <laughs> there's my memory for you. And it's just a one-off in this audio log, but it turns out that Grayskull is the name of Mara's Squadron of Rebels, which is a subgroup of the Friends of Mara. So Shira has been honoring this galactic rebel group the whole time. Good job, kid. Um, there you go. Yeah, that's what Grayskull is. <laughs> Yay. I hope it was worth the wait. Oh, uh, <laughs> the real trouble is is that all these folks in the modern day don't know what Arxia is on account of the first ones being extinct for who knows how many years, and we don't use their words anymore. But then they get a call from Katra. She is in the Fright Zone jail now, and it is filling up with water because Mermista is just going to drown her. <laughs> uh she asks Glimmer to get them out of there because the whole thing was basically a trap, and then we cut back to Prime, who is pretty much just making fun of Perfuma for being too weak to stop him. And then we get this. I don't like this. I'm so, ugh, I hate this so much. <sighs> Perfuma insists that there's power in, quote, love, joy, and friendship. Power that he could never know or understand. She insists that it's her greatest strength and that it's Scorpius as well. So Prime just has Scorpio kill her. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, Again, I can't help but just equate this to all the bullshit that they say about the power of love in the Bad Boy Wizard books as well. At least in the Bad Boy Wizard books, the power of love was an actual mechanic that did something. Uh, fair, it was actually, here's how you actually beat the evil uh, Hitler wizard compared to actually fighting the Hitler wizard. Yeah, love was a spell in those books. It yeah. did something. Yeah. It wasn't just... It wasn't, yeah. yeah, it wasn't just blind faith in, like, you can fight against the mind control, and it's like, well, some people can, but also most people are just like, nah. <laughs> it's not even about blind faith, it's... Scorpia has been trying to kill you for the past 15 minutes, mm. and you haven't even so much as made her hesitate, like... Yeah. <laughs> At some point, you have to accept that you are fighting this fight, and you can save her. You know there's a way to save her, but you gotta knock her down. Stop it. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta unfortunately beat the shit out of her a bit in order to get that off of her. Like, like it kind of happens with uh, Spinnerella a little bit. Yeah. At any rate, Scorpio fires a huge bolt and drops the ceiling on... Uh, Adora and Perfuma, which seems like it should have crushed them, but when the dust clears, there's no bodies. Prime suspects for a moment that Scorpia might have broken free of his control, but her chip is still intact, so yeah, no, no, she's still, she's still a Prime. But elsewhere, uh, Prime's influence over Spinarella is starting to spread. Like, we haven't seen this before, but her eyes are literally leaking green cyber goo, and it's just spreading through the veins of her face. And and then Natasha just breaks her white ankle. Uh, <laughs> she sure does. <laughs> 
Again, again, maybe, maybe if Perfuma was around to see this, she'd be like, yeah, sometimes you just have to uh, break a limb, unfortunately, in order to get the person to stop so you can get the mind control thing off them. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she would just yell at Natasha for breaking her wife's ankle, <laughs> and then they'd lose their window of opportunity. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Natasha insists that, uh, or sorry, Spinnerella insists that Natasha should just sh- surrender, but caught in a net now, uh, Natasha tells her wife that she'll never give up and she'll never let go because Spinnerella is Natasha's weakness. Yeah, yeah, whatever. You, you just broke your wife's ankle. Your weakness <laughs> is that you are terrible at field operations and also that your power is nets. Um, <laughs> yeah, hey, remember when their entire personality uh, back when she was first introduced was just boom nets? <laughs> Uh, at least she got a little bit more since then, but not a whole lot. <laughs> Jeez. I just, I don't know. I remember liking these two so much, and there's nothing here. And I kind of feel like maybe it was just because there was no lesbian material back in the day. Yeah, but... it's, it's like it's, it's like how a lot of people say, like, shows like this, like, and, like, Korra, like, walks to that other shows like Owl House can run, and it's like, it's even, like, that's kind of also, like, doing a bit of a stretch with Korra, considering that there's really no gay stuff in Korra. Yeah, there is no lesbian activity in Korra. <laughs> yeah, there's a handhold and, like, a little look and everything, and it's like, oh, there's no kiss. <laughs> ah, yeah, there's not even, like, a mention, just no. we're going on vacation together. Yeah, it's like, let's, let's go, uh, let's go on the gay trip, I guess, and it's like, well, you have to like actually say outside the show yes they are by <laughs> it's like, like can you say that in the show it's because Nickelodeon is a bunch of cowards <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah, it's fine anyway like nothing she creates a net that's like a handheld net and uses it to hit the chip on Spinnerella's neck which somehow damages it that's not how nets work but whatever um <laughs> More of the evil green veins kind of spread out all over Spinnerella as she gets knocked out from being killed by her wife. Glimmer <laughs> uh, appears at this point to bring them back to the secret cave where everyone else is waiting, so I guess she evacs everyone else first. And uh, Catra tries to talk to Perfuma about what just happened, but Perfuma has decided that Scorpia missed on purpose so that they could escape. Her evidence for this is that she believes in Scorpia. That's it. Uh... Again, mind control, hive mind, murder bolts. Stop it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just like, you know how to do this. A chip, back of the neck, neurosurgery, it's that easy. But no. Um, Catra says she hopes that Perfuma is right, because Scorpio deserves to have a friend like her, and somehow I have become more jaded than Catra is. That's a problem. Uh... <laughs> Uh, yeah, Perfuma just starts going on about how keeping your heart open makes you vulnerable, but it doesn't make you weak, and... Uh, in other circumstances, yes, but again, I have mine. Uh, anyway, uh, they have a little we're-both-lesbians bonding moment as they stare at Adora across the room, and Perfuma offers to lead Catra in some guided meditations, which she rightly declines. Yeah, don't do that. And uh, on the other side of the cave, Adora's just kind of pacing around, repeating almost word for word everything Bow and Glimmer said about the failsafe. And then she finally says she doesn't know where Arxia is, and Shadow Weaver just shows up. Yep. Kind of teleports in there. Don't know how she got there. Hey, I've been out for half the season, but I'm back. 
was just standing there this whole time and no one looked at her. <laughs> yeah, and also based on just like Catra's response to seeing her, it's like this kind of like implies that Catra, since she like since they got back to the theory that Catra's just not seen her, I guess. Because mm-hmm. again, she would have like. Well, that would her. make sense, yeah. But at the same time, where the fuck has Shadow Weaver been for like the last like week or so? <laughs> I mean, I guess you'll answer that immediately in the next episode, but it's like, <laughs> there's like been no time that she's just like come along just to at least have dinner, even if she was off studying stuff. <laughs> nope. Apparently not. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. oh, did the show just like just run out of budget, forget that characters exist in here, because again, Swiftwind's not around and hasn't been for ages. <laughs> <laughs> and again, Frosta. <laughs> well, some level, I kind of, I kind of think maybe like... They just made the show too big, and so now that they know that this is their last season, they have to wrap it up, but they don't have room to do that with as much of space as they decided to take yeah, up, you know maybe. what I mean? because I mean, like, you, you think back to, like, yeah, Castadella had one appearance before season four, <laughs> and yeah. then, like, she was like, well, I guess she's gotta be in here because she's Glimmer's aunt, so she would be doing the coronation stuff because her mom's between dimensions slash dead. And but then she disappeared again up until the being at season five, and even then it's like, well, she's only had like a few appearances in the entirety of that, because it's like, well, I guess yeah. we we established her as a character. I guess she would be here with them. Yeah. I mean, the easy thing to do would have been just to have her be chipped, right? Then she could be in the yeah, episode yeah. without being a problem. Yeah. But... Like, or just be like, oh, she's just somewhere else, because like not every chipped person is here. Finding yeah. them, like, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 weird to think about that. It's like, yeah, maybe they just have too many characters in this show. Even then, it's like, maybe if we had, like, half the cast, like, we would actually have had characters really have, like, a lot of character arcs besides Adora and Katra, and that's it, really. <laughs> I'm inclined to agree, because, like, I don't know. So many of these characters were just one shot and then you never see them again in the original show. And I'm not saying that the original show was great for characterization or whatever, yeah. but there was a much smaller core party. And by including everyone, I think that really you want to do something with everyone and you just don't have room to do it with the space you've been yeah, given. Yeah, like, like realistically speaking, like if Perfuma, Frost, and Mister were like characters that showed up maybe like a, like a handful of times throughout the show rather than pretty much being in like a, like a presence throughout every like most episodes since like season two more or less when yeah. the president alliance was really going it's like maybe they would have had more time to like focus on other characters and like and they've had like you know other characters have had arcs like i mean uh like uh scorpia learning yeah the fright zone sucks and catra sucks <laughs> <Fucking out. laughs> goodbye like something then like uh uh kyle lani and roselio also being like this shit sucks, mostly because Catra's because he sucks. Goodbye as well. <laughs> yeah. But like, they're, they're, it's like those are like smaller compared to like stuff like Catra learning not to just resort to anger all the time because she has <laughs> drama. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you think about it, like, so you've got Adora and Bo and Glimmer, and that kind of establishes your your loose Willow Gus triangle, mm-hmm. and then Adora's your, or sorry, Catra's your Amity, obviously, and Scorpia's your Hunter. And then 
you've got what Viney, Gerbo, and Barkus just hanging around constantly, like, yeah, and all, also yeah. Basha and Skara. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, like we we bring up them, like being like, "Hey, my boy Barkus, he's here. He has a sword in his back and sunglasses." Yeah, and like that's all you need out of Barkus. <laughs> like I don't need the intricate story of Barkus at all. And like it, it's at least like you know, like they at least did a little bit with uh, Viney and Skara being on the. Uh, the fire derby team and everything and like having them show up a little bit like when the scrolls under attack in both like season mm-hmm, yeah. two and the most recent special and all and that's all you really need like i don't need like a whole bunch of them like exactly like we got enough of basha that like if we didn't have basha last episode it's like i would have been fine with that because basha sucks <laughs> kind of have preferred like, that even. from the future does reinforce basha sucks <laughs> But it's like, yeah. I don't know. Like, it's, I definitely saw some people being like, "Is this like a hint of like that Basha has been gay for Amity?" It's like, no, it's no, just no. Shut up, no. <laughs> ba- Basha Amity is not a thing. That ain't a ship. Shut up. <laughs> I wouldn't have even minded Basha being in that episode if it did something with her. But like, she's just yeah. the same character she's like, always been, and she has no growth. Yeah, like realistically speaking, that episode, like the school stuff, is like the weakest stuff in that episode really yeah absolutely like if it was like other stuff rather than just let's hang out at the school for half the episode i guess it's like yeah it's like we could have done something more interesting than this <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. yeah, but yeah I don't, uh, who can yeah, we, um, hey we only have one more week of she-ra before we're done with she-ra to be like oh yeah, yeah that's true yeah like hey, and like don't get me wrong like i've at least enjoyed like actually watching the show proper after only watching season one back when it released it's just that I'm like, I hear that, yeah. It's just I'm just like, yeah. I just don't think I really necessarily feel like I would have the need to go back and rewatch the show much, at least not for a long time. Just yeah, it definitely it. doesn't live up to my memory of it, but yeah. that's it's especially frustrating because I know, um, so Nate's like debut thing that he did was uh, a comic book called Nimona. Yeah. And that is so much more emotionally deep than this is. Yeah, like, I mean, like... That was the first thing he did. Yeah, because I read Nimona, too, and, like, it's like, oh, yeah, you think about that ending, it's like, geez. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, no, this is... Compared to that, this is essentially a puddle. I I wonder if maybe the original, like, movie pitch for Nimona, if it didn't get cancelled and released before this, if maybe She-Ra overall would end up more, like, narrow and better as a result for just, like, having previous, like, directorial experience, I guess? I think that's probably true. Because at this point, like, making She-Ra, I think Nate is, like, 27 and still in his first major job yeah. and doesn't real yeah <laughs> doesn't yeah. really know what he's doing hasn't been in animation much before yeah 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 i mean we'll never know unfortunately because that's just how things played out with disney canceling the mona and like who even knows if netflix actually goes through with making the mona as they say they are yeah <laughs> at the rate yeah. they're going who fucking can tell <laughs> That would really that would that would absolutely suck though if Nimona gets cancelled again because Netflix is just shit. Wouldn't it just? Yeah, like that gets that deserves to get released as like a movie, even if it's like wow. even if it maybe will still be weaker overall than the actual like book itself, just because the book obviously had more time. 
Yeah. It's a book. <laughs> They're like, it, well, yeah. I mean, let's not forget Nate's other property, The Lumberjanes, which has been optioned for like three different movies slash shows, and all of them have been cancelled. Oh, so. oh, I didn't realize that. That also <laughs> yep. sucks. Bad yeah, because it was supposed to be an animated movie with Fox, and then that got cancelled when Disney bought Fox, and then they were gonna do an animated show, and that got cancelled, and then there was talk of HBO Max doing a live-action one, and that's not happening now, and... <laughs> Because uh, Zaslav X'd it when he took over, so... Yeah. <laughs> yep. String of bad luck there, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it really is a shame. Lumberjanes is such a good series. It's It could be so good as a show, but mm. no one will let it have its day. <laughs> yeah, admittedly I haven't read Lumberjanes, but I heard people say it's good. It's definitely young, right? It's, it's age aimed at... Like, I want to say 10 to 13. Yeah. But even with that youngness, it's much more emotionally available than she writes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to give that a try then. Yeah. yeah. Hey, but, uh, one of the arcs is that uh, a character in the quote-unquote boys' camp realizes that he doesn't fit in the boys' camp and wants to come join the Lumberjanes, but doesn't quite fit in there either. And uh, yeah, it's it's great. Uh, okay. I, yeah, like, part of me was about to be like, is, I'm assuming it's some flavor of queer considering the creator, and it's like, just saying that, it's like, okay, yeah, I think I already know where that might be going. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Alright, but uh, we should probably get to the, the third oh, yeah, episode. Well, <laughs> sorry, I do have one last thing about this episode, oh, because we yeah. didn't cover the last line in the episode. <laughs> we got derailed when Shadow Weaver showed up, but we oh, did yeah. not, yeah. Yeah, so she shows up and she somehow knows that Arxia is at Mysticor, the end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we're going to uh, really find out how she knows at the start of this episode. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't yet, so it's a mystery right now. <laughs> <laughs> for, for 10 seconds, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, but uh, episode 11, Failsafe, has Bo addressed my aforementioned in question of where the fuck the sorceresses have been all this time? And mm-hmm. Chattamaru immediately explains that they've been uh, working to stop Prime from getting the heart their own way and learn the same thing that the Breast Friend Squad did last episode from Bo's dads. <laughs> like, they know about the Failsafe thingy with Oxy as well. Uh, Somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they never explain it. It's like, I, we made fun of, like, where the fuck did they get those books that explain that Titan Magic stopped Collector Magic. At least they had actual books compared to, uh, we did we did research, we knew about this thing for a while that was rumored. Eh, don't worry about it. We didn't have time nor the script to see this in earlier seasons. Uh, but yeah, Glimmer's Vist at her end is working with Shadow Weaver to unleash the magic of the heart, which Cassis uh, Bella says that she wants to be able to unleash the magic to give to everybody to be able to fight Prime and not just Shadow Weaver like Shadow Weaver wants. Still doesn't explain why you're uh, working alongside the very blatant, like, evil character here, but sure. <laughs> Uh, well, well, she does say know. that. She does say that, that. To be fair, she does later on say that. Uh, yeah, we know Shadow Weaver is the lesser of two evils. <laughs> yeah, but also like, and I'm not saying you should trust her, but I kind of get it. In so far as you've been working with Shadow Weaver for like what a season and a half now, and she hasn't done anything evil, so yeah. <laughs> Because she's kind of depowered and is just waiting for there to be a big source of magic that she can just eat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
but yes, uh, where was I? Uh, all right, yeah, it's at, it's at that point, yeah, that uh, Cassius Bell does say, yes, Shadow Weaver's the lesser of two evils compared to Prime, and Captain she points out that Alicia acknowledges that her shitty adoptive mom is evil, because <laughs> she is. She's shit. <laughs> Uh, then Shadow Weaver and Cassius Bell explain that Mystico was built on the ruins of an old First One Citadel, so way to defile old ruins, potentially with bodies in it. Uh, well, that's, that's pretty normal, though. I mean, I cities guess. are always built on the ruins of older cities. I guess, but, like, they're implying that it's, like, it was, like, fully ruined compared to, like, we just, like, updated the stuff over time. Well, yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, that's, it. again, that's how stuff just works historically. I mean... Half of the cities in Europe were built on the remains of older cities that had been destroyed. I guess. I guess they I'm just I guess have I'm... the infrastructure already and use it to build a new thing. I guess I'm mostly thinking of like when I was actually in Rome, where it's like you could just be in like modern city Rome and like a cafe eating, and like across the street there's like ancient Rome ruins that are like sectioned off. That's why people just don't fuck around with them compared to what they imply here of like, yeah, we basically just bulldoze that shit. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess it would depend on how intensive it was, mm. but in pre-industrial times, it was often way more effective to just find a ruined city because the buildings and infrastructure would already be there and you could just move in and fix it up a little. Okay. I guess I just read it as they just totaled everything that was there and just started anew. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Uh, but they do. I don't say... know. She says there's like secret tunnels and junk. So yeah, if they yeah, totaled it, yeah, then they, they didn't do a good job. Fair, yeah, they bring up that there are secret tunnels and that they are rumored to contain uh, some thing called the Crystal of Arxia, which is put there by rogue first ones. So they're like, yeah, it's got to be the thing rumored they're looking for. Rumored by who? Yeah, yeah. They don't. They don't come up with that really. <laughs> they don't just <adjust> that. <laughs> Also, Shadow Weaver says she knows how to be able to get them in, and that she needs Adora because Micah's in charge of Mysticorn now, and she can't do it herself because she basically hasn't had power since, like, Season 3. Or really, the end of Season mm -hmm. two, 1, really, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> well, I, I, she had, like, some Shadow Powers to be able to, like, get to Adora at the end of Season 2, aka Season 2A, to be able to just yeah. fall over and almost die at the beginning of Season 2B slash 3. <laughs> so, yeah, she's really not had powers for, like, two seasons at the least. Yeah. There is a thing in here, like, when she's saying she needs Adora, she is really laying it on thick, but this is all your fault. You let Prime get too far. Like, lady, you've been here the whole time. Yeah. Why are you doing stuff? Yeah, you threw, you threw a potion battle at, like, one clone soldier back in the season 5 premiere and not else, anything else. You haven't fought since. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, uh, but basically, you know, all that happens, and Adora asks uh, Katra for help from Milag, because Milag can turn him invisible, but she sees that Katra's run off as she starts to ask her that, so Adora goes to look for her, and then, hey, they change the credits again to have the wives kissing, which, I, <laughs> it's a nice touch, but also there's three episodes left, I don't feel like you had to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, Dora finds Catcher killed up on a little bedroll just far away from everybody else, and she's just depressed that Dora's going to work with Shadow Weaver after everything she did to them, which is fair. Uh, Dora explains that she has to stop Prime no matter what, it says that she could really use Catcher's help, which then has her agree, but it's not because she likes Dora or anything, Baka. <laughs> like, <laughs> so far, so close to Catcher actually saying Baka, <laughs> based on how she says that. It's so close to like an anime <laughs> thing. It really, really is. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, for those who are, Bo is basically dragged aside by Entrapta because she is finally able to remove Spinnerella's chip. But she says that it was almost entirely fused with her nervous system and is worried that they're running out of time to save everybody else before they're all permanently taken over. Because I guess it just can... I guess it's like Phazon from Metroid, I guess. It's just the longer <laughs> it's in you, the more it spreads until it fully takes over. <laughs> well, we saw the evil expanding veins true, in the last true. episode, yeah? So I maybe like, if it... I feel like part of that was also like her just being strained because she was like in a, like being like trapped in everything and couldn't get out. So like the chip was working overtime or something to try to be like get out. Uh, maybe, but like I don't know. Maybe if it just puts down enough roots, you can't pull it out because it's too connected to the nerves. Yeah, I guess. Uh, but in chapter, is at least some good news because she found the network that contains chips to hive mind and thinks that she can sever the connection and take them all offline at once. Somehow, again, again, we're just hastening to a conclusion here, I guess, because we're three yeah. at the end. Uh, but this would be devastating for Prime, like yeah, <laughs> not even, not even strategically. But if your mind is in a million places at once, and then that all gets cut off, mm -hmm. just I don't want to think about how bad that would hurt. <laughs> yeah, probably real bad. It's like it's like uh, kicking yourself in the brain soul, as uh, a certain character did in a certain Adelon series. Retain <laughs> the podcast. I should point out it's it's ours. It's not it's not one of the official ones that are actually out by the people that created it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Bo asks her to keep working it till she figures it out. As he goes to join the stealth mission, Mysticor, which for some reason isn't invisible anymore, even though they have like one of the most powerful sorcerers running it. <laughs> I don't know why this place is visible now for them to see, even though Mike is there. <laughs> but whatever, doesn't matter. Uh, magic. Lack of magic is the actual answer. It's invisible. <laughs> you, can't, you can't explain it as a wizard did it or a sorcerer did it because the sorcerers ain't doing it. They sure aren't. No, that's why they can get in. Uh, so the best friend squad, Katra, Mila, Shadow Weaver, and Cassis Bella teleport in. Why is he leaving Swiftwind behind since he just has professional disadvantage on stealth due to never shutting up? <laughs> Yeah, Seahawk, Perfuma, and Frost are nowhere to be seen. Yeah, well, to be fair, Seahawk also has perpetual disadvantage on stealth, so they had to leave him behind too. But again, like, why they left Frost and Perfuma behind is anyone's guess. <laughs> they're, they're, like, it's like even like a thing of like, you know, you can see like by the show's viewpoint of like, well, we just had Perfuma big in the previous episode, so she doesn't get to be in this one. But it's like, yeah, but what about Frosta? <laughs> you left her out in both st sneaking missions. <laughs> Yep. Which, to be fair, she is also 12. She is a child. She probably would not be good on a selfish and neither because she probably would trip over something and make noise. Well, I don't know about that so much, but she is very much the person who shouts her name as she tries to break down a wall with her fists. Yeah, so. yeah. She doesn't like try to like open it, the doors secretly with like tools or like hacking or anything like that. She would just smash it down. <laughs> <laughs> But they didn't need to smash down the door in the previous episode, so why didn't they take her then? Doesn't matter. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> <Whatever. laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, Milag makes the group invisible. But they also, like, I don't know if it's just the effect that they're showing at a distance of the invisible form, but it looks like they turn into just, like, a vampire mist form at certain points in this. Because they just, like, <laughs> kind of, like, shrink down a little bit and just are, like, moving around like that as, like, a cloud rather than being invisible outlines. To show you where people yeah. are for the sake of animation. <laughs> it's weird. 
Uh, Shadow Weaver stops him at one point as Micah comes into the corridor, but he can't see them, and he just eventually leaves, even though it's like you would think that if he's a little bit suspicious, he could just shoot a fireball down the whole way or something, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but he doesn't, he just leaves. Uh, uh cast C invisible. Or, yeah, well, he's a sorcerer. Sorcerers only get limited spells known, so maybe he just well, didn't take it. that's true, yeah. Yeah, he just didn't take that spell. Bummer. <laughs> Would've been useful, but no. Uh, it doesn't matter because Catra blows her cover immediately when uh, she forces Shadow Weaver away from her when she puts her hand over her mouth to stop her from accidentally alerting another sorcerer to their presence because she basically just talks aloud at one point. <laughs> <laughs> and Adora's sword still does the little glitchy thing where she can't summon it from last episode when she got hit with lightning. But Cassa just okos the caster anyway immediately because yeah. D6 hit die, you know. It do be that way. <laughs> Yeah. And they just I will hold. say, I don't remember spellcasting being quite like this in the past. Like, you're going full-on spell glyphs that are, like, Bellows-level complex. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't... <laughs> it, especially Last like, even, time even we like saw when... spellcasting, I think it was just waving hands a little. <laughs> yeah, like, when we think that, like, when Glimmer was trying to do, like, the true spell or whatever, it really wasn't, like, anything as complex, I feel. Yeah, no, that was just kind of a, a glow... That didn't even stick around. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? It's maybe Cast Spell is just on a different level, even though uh, Shadow Weaver has said multiple times that Glimmer is actually stronger than her in magic. So. Yeah, but this other sorcerer is doing it too. Uh, yeah, fair. Hey, to be also to be fair, uh, Glimmer's a warlock. She ain't a she ain't a sorcerer. So maybe sorcerer magic is different. <laughs> Maybe. Even though we've never seen Shadow Weaver <laughs> use magic like this before. But she also doesn't... She also has, like, weird, like, shadow hand monster magic from a different dimension. And also, like, black garnet magic. So maybe it's all just <laughs> different as a result for her, too. That could be, I guess. Who knows? Uh, but else, we're back off uh, with the main... Well, not the main group, but, like, back at the base, I guess. Uh, Swiftman's helping and trapped out as she tries to find a high concentration of the clones to study the hive mind. Basically, just walking around with like basically an old TV antenna to figure this out. And while he does say the terrible idea, he does help offer to fly her around to get her this over with quickly and to help her escape if need be. But we just immediately cut back to the main group because again, show this has these little like little vignettes of just yeah, just real quickly ten yeah. seconds with these characters. Uh, as the others get well, to the you know what this is. I mean, that's uh, it's the same antenna she was using back when they needed to assault Prime Spire uh, to figure that, out that's, how that. Yeah, that's fair. That's that is the same thing. Yeah. 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 She's just gonna wander off. <laughs> yeah, she's just wandering off. Uh, but the others then get to the secret tunnel, and Adora assures Catra that things will be okay, but Shadow Weaver berates them for Catra's disturbance from earlier, and I really hope the show dunks on Shadow Weaver hard at some point before this show's over in two episodes, because she's just... <laughs> uh she she definitely does not at all acknowledge that it's like yeah maybe i shouldn't like be doing stuff like touching a person that i abused for almost two decades uh-huh. <laughs> definitely doesn't get it uh yeah da, da, da. uh then as they're going around explains the various markings on the wall in the tunnel that alludes to stories of people desperate to try to find arxia in search of power and that others resort to other ways one of which seems to be related to shadow weaver's murder shadow powers despite the murals being way older than 30 years ago so i guess somebody else did that shit who knows <laughs> well they already knew that the spell of attainment was a thing and they knew enough to ban it so presumably uh, someone yeah, had done it at some point yeah yeah, that is true. 
Uh, but yeah, the Shadow Weaver says that her attempt at that wasn't fully worth it overall, but it would have totally worked if Mike had played his role and uh, didn't fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then for good measure, she also says that casting spell didn't get the same level of magical power as Micah, just as Rob Salt the Moon, because she just sucks. Again, she's she's the worst. <laughs> it's like, why why not at this point? Why at this point have you just not like shoved a sock in Shadow Weaver's mouth? Does she have a she ha does she have a mouth? I forget based on the flashback. <laughs> uh, I think she was human at one point, but. I don't think we ever saw her face. Uh, I don't uh, remember. I don't. Yeah, I don't remember. But like, presumably she has a mouth if she can talk. So it's like you could put like a gag over her mouth just to get her to shut the fuck up and stop being an ass all the time. <laughs> <laughs> or just punch her. Just punch her to get her to shut up. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, back in the day, she was wearing like a bandana thing. So we know she's got a human eyes and forehead. <laughs> I don't know why I just tried googling light spinner if nothing else because the first option, the first result I got was a light spinner on Amazon, which is just like a little like disco ball light. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, so yeah, she did have like a cowl or whatever, so we didn't fully see all of her face. Yeah, right. Presumably, there's a mouth under there because that was for the thing to eat or talk. <laughs> just a gaping void, like the like the gaping dragon from Dark Souls One. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we go back to Entrapped in Switzerland real quick with them deep in clone territory, with her walking deeper in, as Swifty tries to talk her out of this because he's a coward and isn't willing to take one for the team. Swiftwind, you're supposed to be the paladin's greater steed here, you're supposed to do whatever they need you to do, but now. Uh, Entrapped even says that this isn't about tech, but saving her chipped friends overall, so yay, a bit of character growth for Entrapped, but she's immediately found by a clone. <laughs> And then we cut immediately back to the other group. Uh, Adora basically just going through the tunnel still activates a fire trap that Catcher jumps in to save her, and Adora teases her about how gay she is for <laughs> for her, while Glimmer and Shadow Weaver realize that it's partial. It's a partial illusion, so some of the fire is real. Obviously, this is why they didn't bring Frost or Perfuma on this mission. Is because uh, their true. weakness is fire. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> oh, darn. They should have tried to lure Mermista here. Then they could have dealt with her immediately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Shadow Weaver remarks to Adora that she and Catra are close again. And Adora tells, rightfully tells her to fuck off. But she brings up that being focused and not distracted by people like Catra is splitting her attention. And Adora rebukes her saying that she'll be prime with the implication being on her own terms and not Shadow Weaver's. So good for you, Adora. Even though you're willing to work with her, you're also know that she sucks, and you're telling her she sucks. <laughs> yeah, you uh, gotta set boundaries, especially if you're gonna keep your abusive parent in your life. Yeah. Uh, back over from Chapter Swift, when Chapter realizes that the clone is Hordak, which it's kind of obvious once we actually saw that clone show up before we jump back to the other group that it's definitely Hordak. <laughs> Just based on the yeah. way that he looks, it seems like he's like, yeah, you can tell it's him. And he's definitely a clone, but they draw him weird, so you can... <laughs> yeah, he's, he's drawn a little bit different from the rest to be able to tell it's him. And uh, when he's called Hordak, he's worried about being called a name, because names are not, like, for clones and everything. And then he questions her what she did to him as he shows her the chip from his, like, power suit from earlier, like, back in Season 3, when he made that, or is it Season 4? I forget. Uh, I think that was 4. Because it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Four is when he took to the battlefield and started oh, yeah, rampaging yeah, across. Yeah, because that chip is also enabled, enabled him to use his Mega Man Buster. Right. Yeah. 
Uh, but Smithy pulls her away from him as he says that her leaving might rid him of his imperfections. But she just replies that imperfections make a person worthwhile, and he's just left standing there. I rephrase that a little bit. She says your imperfections make you beautiful, but I didn't want to bring it up because, God, I don't like the implied, like, pretty much blatant relationship between Entrapta and Hordak because he's a thousand and she's thirty. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. Stop doing this. <laughs> it, it would be worse if it was with a teenager, but, like, Entrapta is also kind of written like a teenager even though she's thirty, and it's like, please don't. <laughs> Weirdly, she's the most teenager of all of them. Yeah, even though she's the oldest of them. Yeah, it ain't great. <laughs> I mean, again, I remember way back during uh, the episode when we uh, you know, were covering the season one finale when Kyle was on, and he was like, oh, well, this, and I'm like, I think I know already what you're implying, and it turns out <laughs> I was right. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> Not good. Uh, uh, huh? uh, I don't know. It's. I don't think it ever really rises to the level of actual romance, so don't worry about that too much. But it it's is heavily implied. Weirdly close, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, but we're done with them. We go back to uh, the main group where the others finally find this failsafe, and Adora repeats the friends of Mara passwords, access its words. And the words explain that... Oh, wait, no, no. I skipped around. Uh, Shadow Weaver explains that someone needs to have it merged with their soul. <laughs> and, cause she yeah, but how. like... Okay, sorry. Why is the password for this failsafe Friends of Mara? Because that's the rebel group that's trying to stop the first ones. The first ones would not make the password for their death machine the name of the rebel group. Well, I think, I think isn't it like the rebels... like. Well, no, they said they found the failsafe, yeah, not that they yeah, made Yeah, this is built yeah. into the heart of Ethereum. Yeah. They didn't make this. Mm. <laughs> Unless they've got somebody on the inside doing the what's-his-name-Urso thing from the Death Star. Oh, uh, no, not Jin Urso, that's the main girl. Uh, or Dad. Ooh, God, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, to be either. To be fair, it's like there's only three characters from Rogue One I can name. And it's Jen, Cassian, just because... Galen. Galen or so. Galen, right, yeah. Like, obviously, like, Ander is one of the characters I can name because he has his own spin-off show, and K2SO, because mm-hmm. the droid died. Well, to be fair, they all died, but still. <laughs> the droid was the one I care... The droid was the one I cared about the most, because they killed him off first, and also because he was the only character I really cared about. <laughs> you don't remember Chirrut and Baze? I do when you say their names, but it's like, I definitely don't remember them when I was watching the movie, nor the aftermath. of like, who, who, who are the names? The the pilot was Bodhi, right? Uh, I think so, yes. Okay, to be, okay, fair. I know four characters, but that's also because they keep bringing up the pilot so often in the beginning part of that. So it's like, oh yeah, Bodhi is actually like, they're more to be important. And it's like, the other two just kind of like, show up and tag along. And it's like, all right, I guess we're going along with you. <laughs> <laughs> how do we always just talk about but, uh, Assassin's Creed and Star Wars because <laughs> Star Wars is a thing I'm good at uh, Tim is also a thing in Rogue One because he's in Andor and he goes on to be in Rogue One so. who the fuck is Tim <laughs> why is there a guy in Star Wars called Tim <laughs> it's okay it's got two M's <laughs> <laughs> 
I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have a guy that's called Tim, even if his name is spelled differently in Star Wars, though. Everybody has, like, weird... I guess Luke is there, but also, like, Luke is not a common name compared to Tim. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I guess Ben is also a normal name, but also Ben is like an alias for Obi-Wan. It's not actually his real name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's weird that like, they actually like name uh, like Kylo Ren Ben, even though it's No, like... I'm sorry. Tim doesn't go to... It's it's Melshi is the one who's in Rogue One. I got them backwards. No, I'm sorry. Okay. Well, I don't know who those guys are because I haven't seen Andor, <laughs> to be fair. But it's like, yeah, it's, it's so weird to think about like they named uh, Kylo Ren after... Obi-Wan's fake name <laughs> that he used. <laughs> like, why not call him, like, Kenobi or something? Well, I guess Kenobi's last name, so... I yeah. don't know. It's still a case of, like, I guess that's, like, at least, like, some implication there to, like, later on when the Kenobi series happened when Leia knew him, even if she doesn't give a fuck about him in the original trilogy. Yeah. I guess to be like, oh, well, he did save my life once. And Dude, we I can tell you why they named him Ben, like, producer-wise. I, I have that information. Why, why was it? Uh, well, in the original extended universe, uh, Luke had this wife, Mara Jade, yeah. and they had Jedi kids, and one of them was Ben Skywalker. Uh, so, for this new uh, canon, they went ahead and made a Ben Solo specifically to annoy people and say, like, oh, okay. no, that old canon is dead. Right, this is the new canon. In that old canon, wasn't their first kid Anakin Solo? Uh, I believe so, yes, yeah. Yeah, because I thought I remember, like, at one point having, like, a, like, novel about them, and I think I remember um, seeing, like... Let's see. No, Anakin was the third kid. It was Jace and Jaina and then Anakin Solo. Oh, okay. Yeah, you don't want to give uh, first billing to your genocide dad, I guess. <laughs> it's like, he gets third billing. <laughs> uh, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, but Jason's the one who turned to the dark side, so it's okay. Right, okay, yeah. I was trying to remember if it was Anakin or the other kid, because I remember there wasn't that son. <laughs> yeah, oh, whatever. That stuff isn't canon anymore, unfortunately. Rip Mara Jade. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, but rock we're almost done. Uh, yep. Yeah, uh, when they find out about all that stuff, uh, Bo's worried about whether it's safe to have this weird failsafe uh, strapped to your soul. And Captain stops Adora from going in, because Adora is, of course, leaning like, I'm going to go in and get it. And That's Captain... her job. Yeah. It, well, it, it's, it's the job she gave herself, <laughs> unfortunately. It's the job space uh, <laughs> Jesus gave her. Yeah. I don't know what else to call she rock. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, lesbian Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah, Catra goes and tells Shadow Weaver to go do it herself because she's realized that Shadow Weaver has obviously been here before to know all this shit and could have taken the power for herself if it was actually safe. At that point, Shadow Weaver says that the person with the failsafe in them absorbed all the magic of the heart and that basically any mere mortal cannot survive that, but she, uh, you know, might. Not will. Just <laughs> might. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's better than won't. <laughs> It's not 100%, though. <laughs> Might have no, not, it isn't. will. And <laughs> uh, Shadow Weaver says that if Adora does die, then the magic would still be diffused to everybody and Prime would be defeated regardless, so, you know, it's a win-win anyway. <laughs> uh, and then that, everybody basically tells her to fuck off again, because, of course. <laughs> it's like, oh, you were playing this from the start, you don't give a fuck, you don't you want the power for yourself, fuck you. And, of course, Adora is also to do it anyway, since it's the only way to be assured that Prime is defeated for good. Because, of course, that's just Adora just being herself. 
Again, space Jesus. Let's <laughs> <laughs> space Jesus. Uh, but at that, Micah and two sorcerers show up to stop them, and while he sarcastically says he's so good, glad to see his daughter and sister again, he isn't as pleased to see Shadow Weaver again. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's well. a little, again, a little bit of a funny, like, oh, daughter, sister, I'm so pleased to see you. Eh, her, not so much. <laughs> uh, a, a fair, also. Even even Micah knows, even while Micah told that Shadow Weaver sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Katra again tries to beg for Dora not to go get the failsafe during the fight, but she does so anyway as Micah uses dark magic to basically just cast Ember's black tentacles on everybody else to restrain them. <laughs> uh, as he learned from Shadow Weaver after all, so of course he knows some how to use some dark magic, I guess. Uh, and the Dora angrily focuses to become Shira again with the failsafe, basically just like the uh, first one's writing on her chest, basically just saying it's there. I wonder. I wonder yeah. if there's actually like an actual translation guide for like the first one's language, or if that's just uh, yeah, there absolutely is. Oh, does it actually just say failsafe, or does it just say uh, like gay on her chest or something? <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I don't read first ones. <laughs> Fair. Uh, and basically, like uh, they all just go ahead. Like when when she like becomes hero again, she basically just does a blast of gay magic energy and everything to blast Micah and the others away, and they get restrained. I forget how fully. I think it's just the gay magic gets them restrained. And Katra refuses to take her hand as they all escape, basically just trying to help her up. And they just leave Micah and the others tied up as Adora destroys the exit, so she's just consigned them all to starve to death. These people are dead. <laughs> Rip Micah, sorry, you survived like 17 years on the Hell Island and now you're dead. <laughs> Again. Uh... Oh yeah. Uh, but back at the base, uh, Chapter accesses some notes about Hordak and her research. Guys, I guess she just brings him up in particular, because he's part of the hive mind, so she can look at him and do stuff. As everybody's asleep, except Catra, who grabs a bag and starts to leave, with me, like, following her. Uh, <laughs> Dora conveniently wakes up at that point, and sees her leaving and follows her, and tries to get her not to leave by just tackling her, <laughs> as Adora does all the time. Uh, but Catra angrily says that she's just a distraction and is sad slash angry that Adora just has to always do things for others and doesn't do anything for herself. It's Which is thinking. a valid concern. Yeah, like Adora never really does anything for herself. And Catra <laughs> then sadly says that Adora always does what she, air quotes, needs to and leaves saying that Adora never really needed her at all anyway. <laughs> and at that, of course, Shadow Beaver comes by to try to comfort her in her shitty way and Adora tosses her aside for making everybody worse all the time and that she will do any, everything possible to make sure Shadow Beaver doesn't get the magic from the heart. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> I did not see any trivia at all for these episodes either. But at the same point, at this, at this point, we are pretty much just near the end of the show, I don't think there's really going to be much. Yeah, there was really not. There's no 80s stuff this week anyway, so I'm I'm out. So. <laughs> yeah, I guess it would also be weird if there was like 80s stuff related to uh, like magic failsafe to stop the heart of Etheria kind of deal. <laughs> Cause yeah, I, I mean, I guess I could look up the name anything. of this crystal, but that's about I, all I, I got. I think Shadow just called it like the Crystal of Arxia. I don't think it really has like, yeah, a name. Yeah, I don't know what Arxia is, so that's the question. Yeah, the synopsis here says the strike team infiltrates Mystic Core searching for the heart of a theory's failsafe, the Crystal of Arxia. Which I spelled wrong. I had A R K I A in my notes. Uh, it's apparently A R Z I A. Okay, sorry. It took me a moment to translate this because the first one's language is really weird, but what it says on Adora's chest is She Ra. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, cool. I'm so glad uh, I put in the yeah, effort to yeah, do so, that. Uh, so, so useful that uh, Shira has a "Hi, my name is Shira" tag on her shirt. Now. <laughs> uh, uh, 
though we couldn't tell that everybody on the fucking planet didn't know Adora Ishira. <laughs> yeah. I, I skipped yeah. over it. It's still just there glowing on her chest as a fucking nightlight, even when she's asleep, not transforming Ishira. <laughs> yeah, it sure it's is. A, it's Actually, there. hold on. I'm sorry, no. It says a different thing. What is that? It's, it definitely says She-Ra when she's, um... As Adora, their symbol appears for just the briefest moments. And then it's different when she's She-Ra. What does that say? Hang on, maybe Google, maybe people already access on like Reddit or something. Uh... It doesn't match up to the symbols in the translation guide is the problem. <laughs> That's that doesn't make any sense. That says, uh, it says. <laughs> All right, sure, why not? Apparently, uh, Hordak's suit crystal, when it has writing on it, has the writing L U V D or loved on it. <laughs> That's not the answer I was looking for. Uh. <laughs> People think it. People think it just translates as heart, which would make sense. Uh, I mean, it's definitely got a G in it, so. <laughs> Hard to. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty some, some sure that some, says H G D. Some people say H A R T, similar to like how uh, loved was L U V D. Somebody says I read it as Hoort. H O H O O R T. I don't think it's hoot. It's definitely not hoot. Um, I guess you could get. What that's, is that's that? That's hootie trying to say heart. Hoot. All right. If I am being as generous as I possibly can, I can get to hagta. <laughs> but yeah. It's uh. It's. It's very cool. I like it. It's also way too complicated. <laughs> Apparently, when the writing shows up on Adora's chest, the writing appears different. It's like it's like it's written in a different way compared to like all the other writing in the show. Oh, that would explain it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like I uploaded the translation guide into our Discord channel, and this symbol. Does not well, I, match. Oops, I think I might have seen the spoiler for the next two episodes because I definitely saw a three-letter phrase related to this. <laughs> Whoops. Uh-oh. Well, well <laughs> hey, uh, uh, I'm, I'm at least going to be a little bit happy with one thing that happens in the next couple episodes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think that might, uh, based on what I was talking about in my synopsis, maybe give you a hint of what I just read. Uh, yeah. I, I really... Okay, sorry. Well, oh, uh, in in lieu of like really us not having a whole lot to talk about with this uh, trivia wise, I did actually hear something from uh, for the future that I feel like I should probably bring up because there was actually a little bit of something that we didn't mention. It's not really trivia, but we didn't sure. really talk about like how in the various hallways of the archives, there's like portraits that basically portray like the collectors fighting and killing the titans. And in them, you can see, like, a, like, smaller collector who, I guess, is implied to be the collector we know of. Huh. Yeah. I, I can't say I ever noticed that, so... 
Yeah, I think it's just because, like, uh, it's not as, like, crazy as, like, when we, like, had, like, all the paintings being a focal point in Hollow Mind, and that's why we looked a lot in the background and saw a lot of stuff that was into that that later on got talked about later on in the show. Yeah. In contrast, because it's like, we already basically knew that, like, yeah, the collectors are assholes, killed the collect, killed the titans, and just burn worlds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, just one little thing from that that I had heard about afterwards, and it's like, oh, yeah, I didn't know what that was. <laughs> I think it, it's also just because, like, they're also, like, show those way less often compared to, like, basically seeing paintings everywhere in Bells' Mind Palace or whatever, so it's like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta definitely look, go frame by frame at time <laughs> to see those stuff. But yeah, uh... It, so it does say Hagta. It definitely does say Hagta. <laughs> so maybe it's supposed to be like an old way of like, maybe it's first one's language for heart. Like if you turn, I don't know. The first one, know. the you, first you... one speak English. Let's be real. <laughs> this is yeah, you mentioned different. that it's written separately and it's like in a different way than every other first one symbol, and that's the only way I can see this making sense because it's just not a word, no matter how hard I try. Yeah. <laughs> eh, again. Doesn't really necessarily matter. We know it's just there to stop the heart, so it's only two more episodes, so the show's over anyway. So yeah, pretty much doesn't matter. <laughs> no, it's not like all the. It's not like uh the same level as like the hidden codes that were throughout Owl House had to be decoded to find hidden messages about stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, we could like. There's been first ones writing through this entire series. We could hypothetically have been translating it all along, but we just never did because I, it's such yeah, a difficult thing to read. Yeah. It's also just like, uh, like that was a big thing that I just saw like a lot of people already had done. It was like pretty widespread with Owl House. Because like, yeah. the, like uh, you know, people like really knew about like the hidden message in like the first letter of each episode title. And then like based on that, it's like, oh, also there's this these other hidden messages that are just like, giving hints to, like, uh, like, the whole, like, Lilith and, uh, Ida dispute that led to the curse and everything. Re really, the yeah. Lilith dispute. Not even Ida was involved. Ida was innocent. Lilith was just greedy. <laughs> she just wanted to do, uh, she wanted to work for the fascist government real bad. And then the second yeah, one being, well. and then the second one kind of both, uh, having reference to both, uh, Hunter and King. <laughs> It's it's obviously like they really couldn't have as much of a message if they tried to do those in the specials because they really haven't been any. But it's like <laughs> it would have still been funny to just have ones in the background just being like, "They're gay, y'all," or something that as the message, <laughs> 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 or it's hella gay, uh. <laughs> it's hella queer. It's <laughs> the three. But I do like that they at least found a way to like actually like have at least something of a message in the titles for the three specials, just being thanks for watching. Yeah, like, oh. absolutely. <laughs> You're welcome, Dana. <laughs> you let you you your show led to this podcast being a thing anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, as much as we complain about the creators of these shows, uh, specifically listening to our podcast <laughs> to mess us up, it can't be denied well, that well... they did go back in time and create Shiro so that we could have this show. <laughs> Well, hey, uh, I feel like based on uh, what some of the network stuff is going on with the third show we're going to be doing, 
that has been happening recently. I don't think they're going to be able to go ahead and uh, rewind time and change the show based on us talking about <laughs> stuff for the next one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's possible that that one might have lost access to the time stream. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely. Uh, but yeah, no, it's um, God, as frustrated as I am becoming with Shira after all of this because. I've just been waiting for the show that I remember loving so much, and I thought mm-hmm. that it was here finally in the last season, and it's just kind of not, so... Yeah, it's like, it's... It's at the least, like, the show at least picked up back in season 4 and 5 compared to 2 and 3, because, like, 2 and 3... Oh, yeah. 2 I mean... and 3 were really just kind of nothing. <laughs> yeah, very much so. But, yeah, so... I'm, I'm not saying that I haven't enjoyed this rewatch. I really have. It's just... You know, the tyranny of memory. It isn't what I thought it was. Yeah. I mean, that just also happens, like, when you're, like, experiencing media when you're younger, and then you go back to it, and it's like, oh, no, this has problems, or it's like, just, this isn't as good as I remember it, just because, again, I, 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 I wasn't that young six years ago. <laughs> true. No, no, she was started in 2018, five years ago. Well, yeah, okay, see? Yeah. I, I don't know, it's like, you look back to there, and it's like, well, I'm 35 now, it's 30 then, and it's like, oh, yeah, no, it's like, oh, geez, so much has happened in those years since. <laughs> Listen, I already knew I was trans by that point. <laughs> uh, I mean, I had, uh, wait, yeah, I had inkling, inklings, but I was lying to myself still, basically. <laughs> so. I, was, uh, I was deep into the... Uh... Well, I know this, and that's enough because I have an answer to this question, and so I don't ever have to tell anyone ever. Face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, geez. Like, also just thinking back to like when I first started hormones, being like, I could just wear like sports bras and still present as mask, and nobody will ever know. And that didn't. That sure didn't stick for long. <laughs> 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 just being like, yeah, no. Turns out, no. That's that's not a really uh decent way to live as well either. That's that's not fun. Yeah, uh, December 1st, 2018 is the first day I started my bootleg homebrew hormone program. <laughs> I made sure to do it on the first of the month so it would be an easy day to remember. <laughs> yeah, I guess mine's kind of similar just because I happened to start on the end of the month. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, last day of November. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I got nothing else. <laughs> Time. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it's pretty much going to cover us for this episode. Because there's no trivia, and there's no questions, and no 80s stuff. We really got nothing else to go out on, so... Mm-hmm. If you have enjoyed this episode, you can find me on Twitter at Patch underscore Jackets, on co-host at Nobody... And on the Transverse, twitch.tv slash Transverse, where on the first and fourth Saturdays of the month, I participate in live streams. That'll be starting up the first week of March, and uh, I don't know which game we're playing first, because I'm in three separate games, but uh, in one of them, I'm going to be a little blob of goo doing its best to explore the world, and in the other, uh, a giant robot who's trying to reckon with the fact that it's not a human. (laughs) You want your robots trans? Uh, come watch our trans show. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, I don't know how you managed to do so many uh, like various role playing groups. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only in two, well, and I'm like, oh, that's that's a lot. 
it is a lot, but you know, it's all about exploring and having fun. I have different aspects of what I want to do with every character, so. Yeah, that's fair. So, trans robot. <laughs> yep. Uh, I, well, yeah, I'm still at, the, I say still as of last week when I, <laughs> it's funny because I changed it like two weeks prior and then two weeks ago we actually forgot to do the pitches so we forgot to mention our handles and stuff. <laughs> uh, but yeah, on Twitter I'm still at the underscore Oblivion, just, I did confirm it's just Oblivion on uh, co-host because turns out you can actually change your co-host handle. I found out oh, now, nice. so I just changed my main one back to that. <laughs> Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yep, it's a lot easier. And now I have full control over the the Guess Weirdos co-host as well, so I can post stuff there. So things will get posted <laughs> there now, finally. And then I, can... I did add our uh, Twitter tags to the episode notes if folks need them. I figure it would just be easier since Oblivion is a little harder to spell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can say that. It's also hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, I thought of that like maybe an hour after I thought of Vivian, and it's like, oh, Oblivion, that's a good name. Wait, how the fuck do you pronounce that? <laughs> it's really, it's really just Oblivion, but like with a few extra letters and change around near the end. <laughs> that's really yeah. all it is. It's got an extra V in there, but it's like, it's like, oh no, it's like, I think it's just because it's like, you know, you think of Oblivion compared to Oblivion, where it's like, it just rolls out the tongue, Stranger, because you're trying to make sure you say Vivian in yeah. there. extra consonants. Yeah, <laughs> as a result. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's us, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I would guess there's not much left to say, but until... Our final episode of She-Ra. Remember, us weirdos have to stick, stick together. together. Bye. Bye.